0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am Seamus Coughlin of Freedom Tune, subbing in for Tim Poole, who is unavailable right now. He has gone missing in what is believed to be a Sasquatch-related accident and sighting. We'll have more information on that as updates come, but for now, we have several topics, all of which I forgot, so I'm going to have to turn it over to Ian.
1: So, Sasquatch, man or bear?
0: That's a good question. Neither. Neither. Some kind of cryptid. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I'm aware of.
1: Mm-hmm. Define
2: cryptid.
0: Oh my goodness. Tim, where were you?
2: I was, I was sitting here. Oh. I was... Just sitting here and I was like you guys ready and then when it turned on it was you and then you just started lying to people I literally
0: just started lying to people I you should not be allowed on the internet this is an epidemic of <laughs> fake news online
2: well I think it's okay so for those that are familiar with freedom tunes you literally produce fake news for a living
0: all the time I'm
2: confident Trump didn't sing to Joe Biden about debating
0: no that was true that one was actually true. Oh, that was it happen yes
2: no I think uh, um, you're one of the worst and most egregious purveyors of fake news sir you disgust me
0: I would agree <laughs> yeah i mean you're not incorrect it's supposed to be a little bit of fake you know a little bit of fake news a little bit of satire hey before
1: but, we, we before we just drill deep uh-huh. tell me a little bit about freedom tunes
0: okay sure yeah well, well first of all i would just like to apologize to everyone who had to see me two days ago now has to see me again <laughs> Oh, uh, we did an episode. And it was solid, but the internet kept lagging, and I was here for a couple of days. So y'all invited me to do this again, and I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Look, I was dude. I was so exhausted too. I was so low energy. You're gonna get high energy,
2: Shane's tonight. Oh, so that's guys, hot. That's right. Yeah. A,
3: Just wait. We're gonna do Trump impressions, Ben Shapiro impressions. We're gonna get sick and You're tired of. You're supposed to change
2: the impression every time you change the name, though.
0: Ben Shapiro impressions, Trump impressions. <laughs> Just like maybe even Jordan Peterson impressions. Man, we might get there. Uh, but yes. yeah, Freedom Tunes is maybe used. inhale water. broke. I'm sorry. Did I make you choke?
2: Yeah, I apologize. Okay, that's fine <coughs> though. Uh, oh god, it's like Rogan all over so, again. Oh man.
0: <coughs> yeah, I started doing Freedom Tunes when uh, I was 19 back in 2014, and the channel has grown a lot. It's definitely changed over time. At that time, I was like a really hardcore libertarian, and I've moved on a number of issues, especially as I've become like more intimately familiar uh, with my faith as a Catholic and, and what the Church teaches and. Even though I still believe in very limited government, I think there are some incompatibilities between like a really hard libertarian stance and Catholic teaching. So I've moved a bit... But I'm still very anti-government, still very conservative, and I still just love satirizing the left wing. I think it's almost too easy at this point. But hey, why not capitalize on that? But you won't ever criticize the right. Ever. Not at all. Not once. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I do make fun of conservative people, and they tend to be really cool with it. But to be fair, I think it's because they know I'm coming from a a place of actually enjoying their work and wanting to rib on them as opposed to trying to like own them or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe they just have a better sense of humor, too. That, you know, I think that that could I be think possible.
2: humor has now appeared like it's it. Look, you can't make jokes on the left. Yeah, I know. You're, you're, the the the, com- the comedians that are still able to do these jokes are legacy comedians, uh, and the people who who start getting edgy get canceled.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true.
2: So you're like, it, if you're a comedian trying to make it now, your audience is going to be right wing. Yeah, I think that's true. There's no. There's no way. No, I
0: think there's a lot of truth in that. And it's funny because one thing I've noticed too, is even when I make fun of right-wing figures, I'm still filling this niche because oftentimes when left-wing people make fun of right-wing figures, they do a really bad job. One thing I definitely noticed that my work suffered from early on is I re-examined it. It was just a little too preachy, and I didn't put enough emphasis on the comedy. I put more emphasis on trying to get a message across. But I firmly believe that if you're being true to yourself and just trying to make something entertaining, your worldview is going to come through either way.
1: Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Make a
0: good joke. Yeah. Well— And, and, and so—but that's why, like, when the left makes fun of Ben Shapiro, like, if you saw his appearance on— uh I think our cartoon president, is their jokes yeah. It's like, I just hate trans people or something like that. Uh, it's like not they, funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm an absolutely disgusting bigot. Isn't that horrible? Bazinga. And then when they make fun of Donald Trump, it's just like,
3: I'm orange and I have small hands. It's That's like, all they That's do. That's
0: still funny when, to them.
2: <clears throat> when when uh, Family Guy did the episode with Trump, oh my they goodness. just made him, they made his, his face bright orange. Mm-hmm. They made his hands tiny and they made him fat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not a joke. Like you, the joke was made once we laughed at it. I thought the tiny hands thing was funny. And then we all moved on. The funny thing about these jokes that you see from the right, if you ever go to like the Donald dot win, which is like the Donald Trump forum, yes. they, they love the jokes about Trump. Yeah, they post them and they laugh about it. There was one where, where it was like Donald Trump's face was bright orange. And then they po- I remember they posted something. It was like, don't we have the orangist president? And they upvote <laughs> it because they, they, they don't care. Yeah, you, you have to own the humor, and Trump gets the self deprecating humor, man.
0: Oh, he's totally about it. So when he tweeted that video of of. Um himself on wwe with cnn's yeah photoshopped <laughs> over somebody's <laughs> head beating him up it was hysterical and in part because like there's obviously a cheekiness about that and there's clearly a joke being made at trump's expense because comedy comes from an incongruity and it's insane to imagine trump actually going out and beating somebody up as this big tough guy. right right, right. So that's why it's funny
3: <laughs> like it's not as if Trump is saying, like hey, i'm really coming after cnn i'll see you with the rig like
0: the whole <laughs> joke is that there's there's an incongruity here there's an incompatibility between this and what we actually know exists in reality and that's funny
2: he's in the WWE Hall of Fame
0: is he really yeah well he deserves pretty sure it will he probably win? that's it the ran. funny he thing about it it time.
2: was WWE ran. it was it was like it was gag fighting and CNN got really <laughs> offended and then tried they threatened to dox the guy who made the meme that's right like, I remember some that. some regular guy he made a joke calm down and dude. they
0: tried doxing him and that's one of the most fantastic things that Trump has done is he sort of forced the media to make it perfectly clear to the American people that they are most concerned with themselves and that they're willing to go after anyone who they see as a threat to their power. He'll insult the media and they'll lose their minds and they'll make that a story. And the American people are like, who cares? You got insulted. Deal with it. Give
2: me the actual news. No, they don't want to. Yeah. They're offended. Yeah, they're exactly. triggered. And so, you know, what I think happens, it's not that it's its the left. Mm-hmm. It's that it is, it is. But what I'm trying to say is the people who are politically left that have senses of humor mm-hmm. are watching cartoons like you're making and and, ju- and it's funny. So they're not on the left anymore. If the people who are, who have a sense of humor are leaving to go find jokes elsewhere because the left isn't funny then all that's left is this withered husk that gets offended at everything and there's no laughter left
0: 100 yeah i've definitely noticed that i have a number of left-wing fans obviously i can say i cater more to a conservative audience but i've gotten comments and messages from people saying like hey i'm more left-leaning or i'm probably what you would have considered a liberal maybe five or ten years ago still have the same views but i really like your content which is really flattering which is really flattering because like that's not my target audience but it's good to know that i'm able to make those people
2: laugh but, but, sometimes but why that's not really i lovely. mean you've you've had videos where like ben shapiro reviews ben yes. shapiro reviews <laughs> <laughs> So it was like Ben was watching one of your videos and then you made a fake Ben Shapiro watch. That's not that's not attacking anyone's politics or anything. It was just a joke about Ben Shapiro, and it was funny, because you may be familiar with the way Ben Shapiro talks, you're doing an impersonation. That Mm -hmm. was it. Or like when you had the, didn't you have like the Jordan Peterson family Thanksgiving?
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We did a Ben Shapiro family Thanksgiving, and then I followed it up with a Jordan Peterson family (laughs) Thanksgiving about a year later.
2: It's basically just a bunch of Jordan Peterson's all... Yeah,
0: it's like, come on, man, if you're not, if you're going to tell me like you can't pass the turkey to me, then you're not properly embodying the archetypal mythos of a family at Thanksgiving. It's like, what are we, like, what does Thanksgiving mean? It, it, I've thought about this a lot. It means we are giving thanks. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's like what for? Yeah, he's he's hilarious. And Jordan Peterson too. I mean, he's he's shared the videos I've done making fun of him. He's super cool. But yeah. you're not
2: It's it's not so much like you're making fun of him. You're making fun of this idea. Like that that's why you you weren't saying he was dumb. You weren't saying no. he was a moron. So why couldn't anybody laugh at that? Even yeah. if even if you don't like Jordan Peterson, you were doing a video that was like making a joke about this this character. Anybody left or right could could enjoy that. Yet you feel like your audience is going to skew conservative. It it seems weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it does in some ways. In some ways, it makes sense
0: because I'm definitely more conservative. And like I said, your worldview does inadvertently come through in certain ways. I think what you choose to rib on somebody for is going to be informed by what you take issue with or what you find endearing, which is affected by your political beliefs. But I would also say that I do a number of educational cartoons um with other organizations like the Foundation for Economic Education, and I also do some educational cartoons on the channel, though that's uh, increasingly rare just because I've been having so much fun satirizing current events because it's an election year. Um But that stuff is all – it tends to be more conservative or libertarian, so people – Sort of, you know, smell that in the water, and they know my biases, and so uh, I think maybe that turns them off just because of how partisan everything's become.
1: Have you, know. yeah? Have you been drawing your whole life?
0: Yeah, ever since I was a little kid, I've been drawing cartoons since how, I was. Really how did little. you get started? Uh, just with like you know pencil, paper, crayons.
2: What about impersonations?
0: Impersonations. I think I started doing impersonations when I was fourteen, thirteen or fourteen. One of my cousins. Uh, from the inner city of Chicago actually came to live with us for a little while and he was really, really funny and he would do this George Bush impression and I'm sure mine isn't very good but I would just start to imitate his. Like, my film air cans, we will do this and that. And then from there, I, it was always something I'd wanted to learn to do but hearing him do an impression helped me to be able to do it and then after that, I just started noticing that I, like many extroverts, will, to an extent, sponge off of people's personalities. Like sometimes if you're consuming a lot of somebody's content, you'll adopt their speech patterns without really noticing it. And so, you know, I'd be listening to a lot of Ben Shapiro and then I would hear myself use a phrase that wasn't natural to me or that I didn't use that often. And I would say, oh, I'm saying that because I heard Ben Shapiro say it 30 times in a row. And then I add that to the category of, of Ben Shapiro impression. And so, yeah, that's it's basically it. That's why it's it's kind of hard for me to do impressions of people who I don't like.
2: Oh, interesting yeah
0: and it's 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 hard for me to do videos making fun of people i don't like i've done it in the past but it's one thing to to do a, a video making fun of a group that i take issue with so when i make fun of the left i just as of recent i've more or less depicted them as as belligerent noisemakers because that's more or less how i view them but as individuals it's hard for me to take a left-wing person who i genuinely don't like in, in doing a, a cartoon about them or do a cartoon about them because halfway through it, it just like it aggravates me. And it's hard for me to capture the part about them that might make an audience like a character. So even with Bernie Sanders, I entirely disagree with Bernie Sanders politics. I really, really disagree with him on everything. Not a fan at all, but I do videos making fun of him. And in part, it's because there is this element of his personality that I actually enjoy. There's this part of him that I find endearing. And so that's why it's fun to do an impression of him and make a cartoon riffing on him.
2: Well, speaking of Bernie Sanders, Uh-oh. we have a lot to talk about tonight. Right. 300 federal charges were announced by the DOJ. Ooh. The, uh, a Louisville police major, I guess, says that they're all basement-dwelling punks, Black Guys Matter and Antifa. And it has nothing to do with Bernie Sanders. I just thought it'd be funny to like tie Bernie Sanders to Antifa <laughs> and Black Lives Matter. <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. How they, dare you? Yeah. That is slander. Oh,
2: <laughs> Thanks for joining, everybody. We, yeah. uh... How's it going? We got things, things are working and we're, we're cleaning up and the studio is coming together. And, uh, we got a lot to talk about. So make sure you smash the like button, subscribe. We do the show mon- uh, live Monday through Friday, uh, at 8 p.m. And of course, we're being joined by Seamus of Freedom Tunes. Thank and we're gonna, you. we got, we, we we we're gonna talk about a bunch of stuff. And I guess we're gonna start off with this story about, uh, the Louisville police major calling Black Lives Matter and Antifa supporters punks. Oof. So, uh, let's just, I'll just pull up the story right here. Check it out. Daily Mail reports. Louisville police major calls Black Lives Matter and Antifa supporters, punks, who will always be living in their parents' basement and washing our cars in message to division she commands. That's a little bold. That's washing what, washing our cars? What does that mean?
0: Well, that's kind of what they're saying, though, isn't it? Like, we don't have any future because the system is
2: rigged against us? I I, I mean... It sounds like they're saying rabble, rabble, rabble. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, they're you noise know what, I, No,
2: I was, I was talking to a friend earlier, and, and, and I, asked, I asked her, I was like, do you know, because she was talking about Black Lives Matter and stuff, and I was like, do you know how many unarmed black men were shot and killed last year by the police? It's like, oh, I don't know, but you can Google it. And I'm like, no, I know the number, because I, I, I have Googled it. I, I looked it up, and well, I don't know, but it's a lot. And I'm like, it's 13.
0: I thought it was eight. Okay, so you're... Yeah,
2: so yeah. Uh, the Wall Street Journal's number was nine, but mm. I'm using Black Lives Matter's number. I'm using the Washington Post's. Uh, activist number, 13. That doesn't doesn't mean uh, all innocent people potentially killed. It's unarmed black men who were shot. So it doesn't include women. Uh, It's 13. And there's 375 million estimated police interactions. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like hunting or anything like that.
0: Yeah, and I think there was a breakdown done. Maybe it was either by Matt Walsh or Michael Knowles. I apologize for forgetting who it was. But they they actually looked through the cases of unarmed black men being killed by the police. And in some of them, I I remember one in particular, uh, like an old woman was being uh, attacked and so unarmed is tricky because people can be armed and the shooting is unjustified and someone can be unarmed and the shooting is justified. Exactly, so It's not as helpful a term as people think it is. But what that's,
2: we- it's just a the language they use because it makes it seem justified. Exactly. Like Brianna Taylor was unarmed. Mm-hmm. They deemed her killing justified. Now I'm seeing all the activists and everybody's rising up. And and, and this is the, the, the police officer we're seeing who's calling them, you know, basement dwelling punks. We're going to wash our cars is Louisville. And that's where this is all going down. But the... Justify doesn't mean I think a lot of people don't understand this too. Justify doesn't mean warranted. It doesn't mean good. Yeah. It means the police were in were were, were cleared in that circumstance to fire that gun. Yep. And so that's what happened. You know, with with, with Brianna Taylor, of course, all we get from the left is and I, I'm not trying to blanket every single person, but yeah, too many of them. Propaganda. She was sleeping in her bed. They fired bl- fired blindly through the door, breaking the door in. It's like none of that happened, man. None of that happened. Now, as for this, this uh, this lady, we have Major Bridget Hallahan, who commands the Louisville Metro Police Fifth Division, allegedly sent the message. I I think this is funny because should we care that she's insulting them this way? And you're saying you're shaking your head.
0: I, I don't think it should bother us all that much. I mean, they are burning down our cities. I think a couple <laughs> mean words are probably in order at this point.
1: The first thing I thought about was the basket of deplorables Hillary Clinton comment. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, it well, that's, incited a bunch of people. And they and so I think I, I I'm I'm the kind of
2: person who was like, oh, who cares? He called them names, right? But they're definitely gonna use it. The left is gonna use this. They're gonna be like, "See what the police are saying, and they killed this person." Now they're mocking <laughs> yep. us on top. Oh, yeah. Of the murder of a woman sleeping in her own bed.
0: How, how long before? Not they start true, saying, by the way. But yeah, how long before they start saying punk is a dog whistle for something much more nefarious? Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure.
2: Yeah. Let me read this quote. She said, "These antifa and BLM people, especially the ones who just jumped on the bandwagon yesterday because they became woke," insert eye roll <laughs> here, "do not deserve a second glance or thought from us." Our little pinky toenails have more character, morals, and ethics than these punks have in their entire body. Do not stoop, uh, stop to their level. I I think she meant do not respond to them. If we do, we only validate what they did. Don't make them important because they are not. They will be the ones washing our cars, cashing us out at the Walmart or living in their parents basement playing COD for their entire life.
0: Yikes. That's all right. That's the that's a little bit inflammatory. Seriously.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> so I feel like she could have stopped where she was saying do not stoop to their level because I'm assuming. That and, that's then true. <laughs> and then she did. She yeah. right, yeah. did. To be fair, she did not
0: torch a sports bar. Right. Right right right, right 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 i don't a a know good, if she right. really stooped to their level but yeah. telling the
2: cops don't go around burning down the city that's like a really uh, like the bars on the floor yeah, mm-hmm. it's like okay and i'm gonna walk right over that sure
0: i, I man interrupted lydia though i'd like to hear
2: man Interrupted. Oh, yeah. yeah, so i'm right. just gonna say
4: i feel like that was really kind of the the gist of what she was saying but she kind of cased it in some really snarky mm-hmm. sass i'm like Bro, that wasn't professional. I mean, sis. She's a lady. So. Sis. Look
0: at us. Me and Lydia yeah, are being know. so we're, PC for, tonight. For, no, sure
2: <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like, why is she ragging on Call of Duty?
0: Yeah, also, yeah, yeah what's wrong right? with with Call of Duty? Right, is yeah. Call of
2: Duty played by, like, primarily leftists?
0: I don't know. I don't know. That, that, I don't that think that would be the case. Halo, you know? It, it's, Halo yeah. probably.
2: I, it, isn't Basement Dweller typically, like, the left wing insults the right as Basement Dwellers? That's everyone. I find, like, Neckbeard and Basement Dweller are just what you call anyone who has upset you on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, SJW women are like Lady Neckbeards. Oh, they call them Legbeards.
0: Legbeards. I'd love <laughs> yeah. like to hear that one. But yeah, you never just, heard that? It's like, if someone disagrees with me, they're not attractive. I can guarantee it. That's sort of the thinking. That's funny. That's
2: yeah, that yeah, yeah. That. It's like... Is that it, I, I, it really does make sense. It's as far as they can take it. Mm-hmm. You insulted me and hurt my feelings and you're ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that, and that's well. Well, it's
0: uh, kind of what she she didn't call him ugly per se, but
1: this is a police officer. This is yeah, a this is a major, a major telling um, telling her command name calling. It's yeah, insane. That, that, that woman is totally unprofessional and is going to do way more damage than she.
2: Well, I mean, the fact intended. that it was released, that it was leaked, I guess. Oh, that was leaked.
1: Yeah, she didn't say it publicly. Oh my God. She was
2: mess, she was yeah. like sending a message to her, her like, her coworkers. Oh, well, I get that. That's
1: ridiculous. Then. I mean, yeah. a little bit, because you don't want to give them attention. You want to not focus the media on them yeah. and just shut them up and shut Sh- them down. Dude,
0: I hate when this happens. I hate, alright. It's one thing if they said something ridiculous and over the top and inflammatory that was intended to be inflammatory and was said to the public, but I hate when a private statement becomes a story like yeah. this when it becomes national news all right well why isn't if this is so inflammatory then why isn't the story about how unbelievably irresponsible it was for whoever leaked this to leak it
1: yeah who leaked it
4: it doesn't
2: say does it um maybe let's
4: go an, an anonymous source yes an anonymous <laughs> right. source we
0: trust them. what do they it? say
2: uh she, she oh, oh 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 the daily mail says this major bridget Hallahan, comma who is white?
0: Oh, oh my goodness! Well, this changes that's, everything. That's, that's relevant. Is now, this is. Yeah. I was yeah. okay with her comments at first, but now I'm outraged. Did Did,
2: outraged. did, did, did you hear what uh, Maj had to say the other day? Maj Toure from uh, Black Guns Matter. No. He said that he saw a bunch of white anti-fun. He yelled at him like, "Where are the black people at?
3: <laughs> like, it's It's yeah.
2: It, it, it does I, I I don't care what her, her what her race is. These Antifa people are mostly white people yep. going around doing this.
0: It's funny. I, yeah, I didn't get to catch the, the podcast you did with Maj, but you guys accidentally put my Twitter handle in there. So I was getting a bunch of tweets <laughs> yes. for him as the show is going. And they're like, at Seamus, like they tag some college professor, like at Seamus Coghlan says you're scared to debate him. I was like, what have I no, gotten no, myself no. into? <laughs> and you should have just <laughs> accepted it. I like, should have accepted <laughs> your <laughs> debate. Talk. Then, I have no idea what we're arguing about. I'll just argue with anybody for any reason. <laughs> That's ta- great,
2: though. Yeah. Down for it. So, uh... It was written by her, so the Courier Journal published the statement, mm-hmm. and uh, I, they don't really—I don't think—they say where it came from. Uh, just, mm-hmm. I, and I don't think it's actually as bad as the Daily Mail makes it out to be. Here's another quote from the from the from the email: "There is currently no recourse we have for incidents involving doxing of officers or their families. What we can do is speak up against them and put the truth out there through the PIO office and the LMPDFB FB page." we will come back at them on their own page to let them and everyone else know they are lying. We will print the facts. I will see to it. We have already taken care of one incident. I hope we never have to do it again. Just know I got your back. She was messaging her her like her staff because they were getting doxxed by Antifa and far leftists. Yeah. And this was her message. And then she goes on to say, you know, uh, what, did, what did she you say? I am disappointed. Oh, so this is a metro councilman who's now dragging her over this. Oh my goodness. So this was the, the, this is what it's, the media yeah. does. Because they want to take something salacious and do whatever they can to make the police look bad. Mm -hmm. So if you could you imagine like having a private conversation with somebody at work and being like, man, Jerry down in accounting, what a dick. And then someone
1: hears you and they run and they tell somebody. Yeah, exactly. If you're the boss, though, and you're trash talking people, that's bad for morale.
0: Yeah, but you're trash talking the people who are doxing your subordinates.
1: It's true, but I don't think it's the best way to boost morale for the team i mean I, honestly i think it's it's a it's a low blow and and somebody might have saw that and been like you know this girl's way out of line here are you saying she othered
0: them Ian? if she's gonna
1: say that about them she's probably gonna say that about me no oh I, I, I don't I know if, if i don't that, know if
0: the people at work are like all that concerned that
2: i don't is. think the other cops are like oh no she's gonna insult me when she's done something like well, they, what, that's, that's,
1: that's kind of how people are. if someone does it for so, against someone else, you can bet that they're going to do it against you when you're not around. You know? No, no. This is I tribalism.
2: Yeah, this, is this is the is police different. saying, she's saying, I got your back. These people are bad. The, what, what's happening is the media is using it to say, see, the cops hate you. The mm-hmm. cops think you're losers. Yep. The cops the cops think you're going to wash their cars right, It's for like them.
1: blowing it out of proportion. That's just this is just one girl's opinion. Now it's making it seem like it's a police the police um, major mentality. says all black lives matter are punks as, and basement <laughs> dwellers and you know
0: as if she had a public statement where she wrote asterisk insert eye roll here yes, asterisk <laughs> instead funny. of just posting it online
2: yeah, yeah it's ridiculous I, I, i'm pretty sure she did say that yeah that's what you mentioned right asterisk. right right it says as like parentheses that, yeah. i was like oh this a roll.
0: written statement because when when you were first discussing it i thought that this was something she had said publicly publicly or actually stated out loud but yeah it was clearly something she wrote down and now you've mentioned it was in a private chat, so this is uh, not the story that I thought it was at first. But this is why we have to read past headlines, <laughs> yeah, but-, but many people will not read past the headline, exactly. which is a serious problem.
4: This does seem a little heavy-handed and unprofessional of her, but I also understand what she's trying to do. She's kind of trying to team-build for them. She's trying to hype them up before their big huge, um, you know, they're tangling with BLM and Antifa. Like,
3: exactly.
2: They're, they're- a big deal for them. Yeah, they're about to go out, and they're about to get bricks thrown at their faces, but Maybe she shouldn't be riling them up that way. Or no, no. You know what? Honestly, I think I get what she's trying to do. You got to satisfy that emotion. She's trying to make sure they don't act a fool. These cops don't go out and do dumb, you know, dumb things. So she's giving them that emotional satisfaction saying, I get it. They're really dumb. They're losers. Don't stoop to their level because she doesn't want the cop to go out there and crack a skull.
0: That's interesting. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I I kinda get where you're coming from. If if she wanted them to go out and do violence against these these protesters or rioters really, what she would be saying is They're going to take over this country and then they're going to be in charge of you and you're going to be washing their car. That's that's the kind of rhetoric you would expect from a person who wants you to become angry with the other side. But she's basically boiling them down to a non-threat.
4: Yeah.
1: I see it like if this was D&D and she was using her charisma, she's instead of choosing persuasion, she chose intimidation. And they're both charisma (laughs) abilities and they both get the job done.
4: (laughs) That'll work, I guess. Right. I mean, she's just trying to get them hyped up a little bit, but not too hyped up. She's trying to show that they're all on the same team.
0: Yeah. I don't know well, if, if well, true, and yeah. this is also one of those things too, where if somebody hurts somebody that you love or care about, who you're supposed to be protecting, one of the first places you go is that person's a loser. You shouldn't care what they think. Yes. You shouldn't care about what they did to but, you. And these people, these people were doxing police officers, her subordinates. So it makes sense for her to be like, "Look, don't worry about them. They're not a threat. Actually, we're going to yeah. keep them in, under control." But like, rather, you exactly. could also,
1: rather than be like, "That kid's a loser," like if it's your mom talking to a kid that's crying up at school that kid's a loser anyway or she could be like that kid is comes from a troubled family don't take it personally there's two ways to explain their behavior one is intimidating one is persuasive. She, she should have said to them we here at the lmpd are better than antifa
3: and we know it yeah, exactly and yeah. we're better people uh, yeah look at yeah. how great we are yeah. smile Ding. yeah
2: so uh well i think we we've we've beaten the dead horse <laughs> on that one you know. Yeah. that was intense so but there's there's uh there's more news Department of Justice, they've announced now 300 people are facing federal charges for crimes committed by uh, committed during nationwide demonstrations. If you thought last night was crazy where we had two cops shot, one cop got cracked over the back of the head with a metal baseball bat with uh with he was wearing a helmet, thankfully. And I think it was in Portland. Someone chucked a Molotov at these cops and they'd dodge out of the way. Wait till you wait, wait till we get to this weekend. So we got 300 now federal charges. That seems low to me. Honestly, there, yeah. There were, I think, 14,000 arrests in the first like two uh, in the first couple of like two weeks of the the George Floyd riots. And we're only at 300 federal charges. They're announcing this like I'm going to be like, oh, that's that, that's great. That seems really low, you know.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Oh. I think most people just aren't familiar with how many arrests are made. But when I heard this entire nation is on fire right now, there are riots in so many major cities. And for there will only be 300 uh, charges at this point, or what was the exact language you used?
2: What, 300 anything? federal crimes? Or 300 yeah, 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 300 people fe- have are facing, are federal, facing charges. federal charges. <laughs> okay. yeah, Some that attempted murder. Geez. Look at this. Let me re- uh, let me read. They say to date, of 94 U.S. attorneys' offices, more than 40 U.S.A.O.s have filed federal charges alleging crimes ranging from attempted murder. Assaulting a law enforcement officer, arson, burglary of a federally licensed firearms dealer. Oh
1: my wow. goodness! Wow!
2: And and you think we would have said that for the murder part? No, stealing guns. Well,
3: and isn't Damn it
0: interesting how how a lot of that has just gone completely unreported?
2: So this is a crazy story, man. I'm, let me. I'm, I'm gonna let you guys. I'm, I'm gonna let you guys in on a secret.
0: Oh,
3: please do.
2: So in Philadelphia, uh, on during like the peak of the riots, some dudes tried breaking into a a, a a I think it was in Philadelphia. It was in Pennsylvania, a gun shop in like South Philly. Yes. And as soon as they broke in, the gun owner was sitting right there and he was armed and he went click, bang. And one of those dudes died. The crazy thing is the eight, I think it was the ATF. They knew about this. So I had talked to a gun shop owner about what was going on, asking if they had heard this and they said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the day before that happened, the ATF called around, said, we have Intel that some of these, these groups are planning on looting gun shops. And so what, what I was told is this guy said he just stayed overnight in his shop. Wow. So when I heard that, I was like, whoa, so this guy at his shop in South, South Philly probably got the same phone call, probably did the same thing you did. And it was like three or four guys tried breaking into a gun shop. That's a special kind of stupid.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. Like I'm
2: going to, I'm going to break into a place where this guy knows everything there is to know about guns and has (laughs) many of them literally behind him. And then a dude died.
0: That's literally just suicide at that point.
2: I, I wonder, th- there, there was a viral video during this where, like, I think it was in Atlanta, they crashed a truck into the front of a gun store, and then you see people just run in and start grabbing guns like crazy. And you know what's funny? All
0: of the people who would try to claim that it was too harsh to shoot somebody for for breaking and entering into a gun store would probably say that we need to be keeping the like, guns out of the hands of criminals for oh, yeah. thorough background checks. It's insane. So... Where was it you said in Atlanta that they crashed? I it, think it was in. Atlanta.
2: Yeah, you want to see if you can yeah, do a quick yeah. search? I think it was Atlanta and I, I think it's funny that where's where's the big breaking news on this one?
0: Yeah, exactly. That seems like a story to me.
2: Like maybe a front page story.
0: Can you imagine if some right wing group had done the same thing or, or protests associated <laughs> with the right wing resulted in that kind of activity? People you, know just... you
2: know what? You know you know what it is? I think this this media bias yeah. where it's like right is always bad comes from the fact that in New York it was liberal elites who are reading the paper and that was their bread and butter and that's the narrative they've maintained. But now that we've democratized information way more with the Internet, now the New York Times is still chasing after that demographic that doesn't really make sense for them anymore. And so it, they, they, they start chasing it harder and harder, desperate. So if you get a right wing group breaking into a gun shop and stealing guns, they will be the front page of every newspaper. They're terrorists. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Be hearing, yeah. Well, when the when the right wing dudes went to the steps of the Michigan State Building mm-hmm. and they just stood there smiling, holding like Gadsden flags, they were like right wing terrorists <laughs> yeah. to storm it. the building.
0: And isn't it hilarious, too, that this is something that journalists have always said or they've been really saying for the past four years, which is that Trump is making life unsafe for journalists because the far <laughs> right has been empowered. And then it was BLM that went and attacked CNN.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. They, like, smashed up the front of the building yeah. and, like, tried getting in. The cops showed up yeah. and they were throwing stuff at them.
0: Wasn't Trump supporters.
2: And, dude, it's never Trump supporters. Nope. Trump supporters, you know, You know. I, I was talking about this. I've, I've always talked about this. It's not a new thing. I remember I went down to Tea Party events and I saw what these people were doing and I was aghast. Do you know what these know. people had the nerve to do? sit in lawn chairs waving miniature American flags. My Whoa. goodness,
0: Tim. <laughs> i I'd like to yeah. see a citation for that. No, it's hilarious. I remember at the March for Life 2019, and we all remember this because it blew up into a massive story. Uh, it was suspected that a teenage boy was being insulting and harassing towards an elderly Native American. Vietnam veteran. A Vietnam-era veteran,
2: which (laughs) is a wonderfully slimy term. Refrigerator technician in Omaha or something.
0: Exactly. And this became a massive story. First of all, not only did that all turn out to be complete nonsense— And they just tried to ruin this kid's life for a story. But the fact that that would have been national news or was national news when they thought it was true is ridiculous. Whereas you have people burning buildings down and there are 40 charges you mentioned. Some of them are are attempted murder and that's not even being discussed. Like that's not even discussed by the media. That's mostly peaceful.
1: Most of these media companies, okay, this is conspiratorial, are Uh owned by... The same people. Am I, is it safe yeah. to say that? And how far up the chain can how we go on YouTube you? well, me, without getting demonetized? Oh, not yeah. very far at all. That's crazy. I know. How
0: far yeah. up the chain? Oh, like starting to name names? Yeah. Like, so, oh, so, oh. well, well,
2: I, well I, 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 listen, what you gotta understand about these media companies is that the, bo- the person who owns them is not dictating what people can talk about. No. What they're doing is they're hiring people who already talk about it. Mm. What you, what, 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 you were just describing something and I had this image in my head that I think would be a really excellent skit. Where it's like the New York Times, like nineteen eighty something, and it's a bunch of like, you know, monocle wearing dudes in suits, all like very proud and with that North Atlantic dialect, oh dare I say, you know, oh <laughs> harum, this story about the Republicans is quite interesting. Yeah. And then it's like as time goes on, it's like a post-apocalyptic scene where we're in today, we're in it's twenty twenty. There's like Trump everywhere in every newspaper, and you see this old decrepit, haunted looking New York Times building because they're like collapsing. This would be great for like twenty thirty. And you go in and there's just like zombie looking people with like mangled bones and skin and their hair is all like splotchy and then you like walk in and they're like trump <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's going to happen if trump doesn't win they're going to become like ravenous it's it's almost like they're they're going to be drug addled their addiction you know they won't get their fix anymore there's nothing to talk about so they're going to become withered husks desperate to try and capture a story about trump that's what the media is turning into
3: yeah. Oh, well, if not, they're already that
2: now. Well, and that's the thing. I think they more of, they more or less have just
0: revealed how horrible they already were. I mean, if you look back in history, the media in this country is always in the mainstream media in this country and the modern media has always been really left leaning. I'm sure you know about Walter Duranty, who basically
2: no, no, covered.
3: No,
0: no. Oh yeah. So, so Walter Duranty was a reporter for the New York Times who wrote on Russian affairs. And he did everything the Russian government wanted him to do, or the Soviet government wanted him to do, with respect to covering up the Holodomor, which is when they right, starved right. millions of people to death in the Ukraine. And well, when whistleblowers tried to bring the story into the American consciousness and tell the rest of the West what was happening in Soviet Russia— he said that they were liars and discredited them. And he won a Pulitzer yes! Prize. He won a Pulitzer right. Prize. And in 2003, they investigated his case and chose not to revoke
2: the Pulitzer. because the pol- it, you, let me, I'm a, you, want, you guys want to know some more secrets?
0: I would like to know all You of know the these secrets.
2: awards are all fake, right? Exactly. You know how you get the award? You Money? pay for it. Ooh.
0: Really? Okay. I so, figured you so, just had the right political opinions.
2: So, yes. What happens is you submit the award and you submit the award fee for, for you know, And then if you have the right politics, it's everything. They're like, oh, we're going to give the award to this group for this reason. And you have to submit and not every single award is this way but mm-hmm. many of them it's like did you pay your award fee <laughs> C-
1: can you explain well, can the holdemar? I'm sorry yes
0: to- I'll, I'll get into that in a moment but I have one question about this so if you have the wrong politics can you still buy it and it just costs more money because that might explain why Trump well might no, no no a no like
1: let me, let, let me clarify you're
0: not
2: buying the award no I you're get buying it. it's entrance yeah and then they decide you win you know
3: yeah it it's like it's like these lists
2: they have like 30 under 30 40 under 40 it's like dude we get it you guys went out for drinks last night and you just slopped a bunch of names on a piece of paper and then acted like they were important. Yep. It's, it's, it's an, look, media is an, an, the news industry is an incestuous, disgusting beast of salacious gossip between people who live in New York and our board, and they prop (laughs) each other up. It's like, could you imagine, you look, you read a newspaper and it's like, Seamus of freedom tunes is an up-and-coming young star. He's amazing And then you publish a cartoon where you're like Forbes magazine is the best magazine ever. It's like, okay <laughs> exactly. You know we like, get the how it works thing with and with academy
1: awards yeah. exactly. Exactly. It's it's exactly high school superlative awards most likely to succeed If you know the people that are making the yearbook They're gonna make you the most popular most intelligent my marketing is everything baby, and they, they, they've rated, they
0: rated me ugliest Can you believe that it's you all can't that school is ridiculous. You didn't know anyone. it's all
2: rigged you can't sell it if people but don't know it beautiful. exists. No,
0: exactly. I'm really sad that you trashed the 30 under 30, though, because I was really hoping to make that this year. And You'll now that this just never going to consider me.
2: Of course not.
0: No, Tim, I really want it. No, no, I, think, I think I think.
2: I love it. There was one where the, the, one of the judges was the boss of like a couple of the people who got it. And I'm like, get out. That's hysterical. It was like, we have, we have an expert panel of individuals who chose their own staff to be featured in our magazine to promote their work that this guy owns and makes money off of.
0: Imagine winning awards. Who even wants it? I wanted it so bad when I was I want a kid. A Nobel Peace Prize.
2: Donald Trump. Donald company. Trump wants to win a Nobel was, Peace Prize.
0: I, you know what? That's the thing. Is there's actually a case to be made there. There's actually a case to be made for that. They he won't hasn't give started, it to him. No, of course they won't. But he hasn't started a new war. He's the first president in 40 years to not start another war. Now, granted, like that's kind of a low bar, but he still exceeded it.
2: He's not only signed. Uh, no, he's not only got no new wars. Mm-hmm. He's got three historic peace agreements just yeah. now in the past month, and he's withdrawing troops in the Middle East. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just sitting here back. I'm sitting back like, oh, dude, they're I, playing well. the Israeli national anthem in the. I do I don't, I don't know if that's true. Oh, that was fake news. I, don't, I couldn't Man, sort. I, I couldn't I confirm wanted that. it to be true. Okay.
2: I, I did too, and I and I dug around. I I've, heard that they were playing it in Mecca too. I don't know about that. Uh, I, Imam I, said. I, I searched for it, and there's a video where they're like, oh, the the, you know, the Burj Khalifa in in I think it's in Dubai, right? They're like it's playing the Israeli national anthem. And it sounds like someone just put the audio over the video. And so I found it on a Turkish website, but that was the only thing I could find. No one else talking about it. No videos, nothing confirming it. And it didn't seem... Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But uh, look, regardless, the, the, these peace agreements are historic. Mm. And um, I think Trump's made a lot of en- enemies 100%.
0: Doing like,
1: so who, who votes on the, the uh, Nobel Prize the, or the peace? I think it's the uh, Nor- Is it Norwegian parliament.
0: I have no clue.
1: Norway or is it
2: Sweden? I believe it's Norway, right? I, I think it's Norway. So there is a chance I don't know. could be wrong. I mean, Maybe Obama one. Was so like, he, w- yeah, he yeah, was yeah, but
0: did he- Obama had the right political values. He was their guy.
2: Yeah, Trump's not.
0: Not even close. And he
2: got when when he got nominated, the media was was basically poisoning the well on the guy who nominated him. I was looking for just a regular story to explain what Trump got nominated for. He got nominated twice in like a week. And so I, I see this story and it was like Trump nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. And I was like, wow, by who? And they're like, far right extremist anti. I'm like, <laughs> oh, hilarious. whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Far right extremist who's happy that we're not starting new wars. Not no, no, my, it's my, Donald Trump. They didn't, they didn't actually say extremist, yeah. but they were just like a far right anti-immigrant skeptic. Anti-something. Anti-immigrant. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But the funny thing about it is I'm like, what do you, what do you mean this Norwegian <laughs> guy is far right?
0: Yeah, what does that mean? Like no-
2: Norway is so much further left than we are as a nation. That would, like, if, if this guy is far right, Trump must not even, like, he must have looped all the way back around and outlapped this guy a couple
1: times. And they nominated because of the peace deals, right? Well, yeah. And yes, also, yeah.
0: as if far right people are all that concerned with the peace prize. That's just, like, really big to them. The no but what is far, prize. here's the problem. It doesn't
1: what if, mean anything. What
2: does far right mean?
0: Yeah, here's the thing. I'm so old, I remember when you actually had to be conservative to be considered far right. The term literally just means I don't like you. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's not, it's not just that. When we say far left, you can, def, you can define very easily a far left, a far leftist. How, though? they even mean so far left refers to uh, left and right refer to economics and culture when you say far left the far left individuals in this country almost all of them are economically far left and culturally culturally far left meaning they want a communist or socialist system and they're ultra progressive like you know left is identitarian white people bad like like whiteness i should say not people but like they're like the the idea of whiteness and critical race theory when you say far right you could be talking about a laissez-faire capitalist who's not particularly traditional. You'd be talking about a progressive laissez-faire capitalist. So it doesn't seem to make sense, but could possibly exist. You'd be talking about, I don't know, Nazis. You'd be talking about ultra-traditionalists who believe in universal healthcare or ethno-nationalists who completely agree with Black Lives Matter. It doesn't mean anything. When you go to the Anti-Defamation League and you, and you look at their like their, their, their heat map, it says like their, their right-wing extremism is like three different kinds. If you're anti-government, they call you right-wing. What? So I'm like, so Antifa is right-wing now? Mm -hmm. Because they're totally, they're the biggest anti-government faction right now. It's a big
1: circle, and if you go far left, you come up on the far right.
2: No, but that doesn't mean anything.
1: I know, it's nonsensical terms. There's up and down, (sighs)
2: side... No, the point is, far left means something. Black Lives Matter activists tend to be Bernie Sanders supporters, Democratic socialists, or communists, and they all agree on the social justice stuff, the cultural and the economic of the far left. When you say far right, what are you talking about? Ultra traditionalist? Are you talking about a laissez faire capitalist who thinks yeah. that we should, you know, for ultimate free market? What, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that I don't know what that means. A fascist, like a hardcore fascist. Yes, and but, that's but, still the image they want to paint. But when they say
0: far right, they want you to think fascist, even though it can refer to any number but of. But were fascists
2: words. even far right? No, I don't well, think they so. They were like statist. They were authoritarian and, right, but I don't think they yeah. were necessarily like, because far right typically implies competitive markets. And, and so
0: anti-liberal fascists are very anti-liberal. There, there,
2: there's, there's another left and right. So when we talk about the political compass, it doesn't seem to make sense. When we talk about culture, left and right refers to pro pro status quo versus anti status quo in a sense. So a lot of people, it comes from the French Revolution. The right were the people like sitting on the right side and the left of people sitting yep. on the left side. Wild. The left wanted a revolution. The right wanted to you know maintain the status quo, essentially. So your right wing, if you're like, keep it the way it is.
0: Yes. So, and, and this is something that's actually really important to me. I mean, when you look at the French Revolution and its fallout, I think it's pretty obvious that the left were the bad guys there, and that's sort of the foundation for the modern left. And whenever I hear other people, particularly Catholics, say things like, well, you can be a Catholic and left wing, I think that's true for certain issues, but you have to remember, like, the intellectual foundations of the left were completely predicated on fighting the Catholic Church and its interests in Catholic people. So, that's just one, one thing out there for the Catholics. Please
2: do not I actually, try to
0: be left wing. You know, I Actually, would, I, was, I'd,
2: I'd have thought about this because yes. um, when I was talking with, I think it was Drew Holden mm-hmm. and uh, it, Drew's Catholic, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, I'm not, but I I recognize, I think a lot of secular liberals in this country from like 10 years ago, they would say things like, I don't need the Bible to be moral. Mm-hmm. And if you need religion not to rape someone like, whoa, something must be wrong with exactly. you. And it's like, but you were raised by these people. Yes. You, so, so you might not believe any of this stuff. And it's okay, but you realize your morals were rooted in growing up and being told what was right, what was wrong, and you have Judeo-Christian moral values. You you probably celebrated like the, the, I'm talking about like the Boomers. Yes. Like you know who like when I was in the, like in, in the 90s in the 2000s, who were very you know secular and mocked you know, religion, the, the atheists and all that stuff, the atheist movement. They had the same moral foundations, just not the theism
3: exactly and now what
2: we're seeing with black lives matter is a completely different moral foundation they believe authoritarianism is good they believe they they'll, they'll deny it but that's because they don't know what the word means they believe they have a right to exert their authority over you without question mm-hmm. and if you oppose them they can crush you and destroy you they'll say abolish the police and then when they need the police they'll call them in two seconds yep their moral foundations are are, are diametrically opposed to the traditional moral foundations of the United States and it's not even it's it's I think the point I'm getting at is I wonder if the culture war can be rooted in morality. Does the left, the like the Black Lives Matter people, do not share the same morals as most Americans? No, of course not. But because most Americans have, I guess, gotten complacent and accepting, they're letting a small faction of fringe individuals lie to them push insane policies and just seize power
0: one million percent so I find this really fascinating oftentimes people will say that public schools are used to propagandize children and I couldn't agree with that anymore but the reality is if you want to instill your tyrannical philosophy in the state or in the minds of the average person you don't really have to do all that much work indoctrinating them into your ideology all you really have to do is ensure that they are raised without any real virtues And what will happen is as they become adults, they will have been habituated towards taking the path of least resistance in their personal social lives. And any time they're in a situation where speaking out might become uncomfortable or make the situation uncomfortable or unpleasant, they're not going to do it because, again, they've habituated themselves towards doing what is least difficult. And so when you do have the people you have indoctrinated into your system
2: uh, achieving cultural ascendancy, they won't stand up against that. I wonder if, you know, they, they call it white supremacy. But I wonder if, if that's just – first of all, I think they say it's white supremacy and whiteness as – I mean, first I said white supremacy. Now they say whiteness, whiteness which is kind yeah. of creepy. But it's 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 very obvious they were trying to change the definition of a word, finding something that people would find morally repugnant mm-hmm. and then claiming anything they didn't like was that word. Yes. And they play with definitions all the time. I wonder if what they're really going after is just the, the moral foundations of – of Christianity. That's of, what Or Judeo Christian no, uh, morality.
0: And that's why, that's why I mentioned that the French Revolution and the, the terms right and left basically come from a war for or against Catholicism and traditionally Catholic values. And in the United States has never been a Catholic nation, but it's been Christian and there are certain principles that, you know, Protestants and Catholics share. And I think those are the ones that are generally under attack by the far left at this point in time. You know, the, and. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Were you. No, no, no. I, I just wanted to drop one more thing. You mentioned earlier about people saying that they don't need religion in order to be moral. And this is something I heard time and time again, but then oftentimes these same people will turn around and say, the only case against abortion is a religious one
1: okay, I was thinking about the French Revolution. And yes. how we had a god they had a god king, basically. Yes. The king was god. Louis was a king, he was god. I don't know but, that he was a god. He well, there, there given was divine right. Yeah, so there Pro, was divine the, there was the
0: divine right of kings, but nobody thought that he was a god. Well
1: the French Revolutionaries wanted to undo God. They basically yes. wanted to do away with church. And that was part of it is get rid of the king, get rid of the church, let's start over new, let's start a new calendar, new everything. And they were villainous. Robespierre was a psychopath. He, yes. he he gained power and became super corrupted. Danton was like his the second in command, also a crazy, violent guy. But they overthrew the monarchy, mm. which was r- ripping people apart. It was starving the country. It was causing tremendous. This is the It's the
2: pendulum swing. It's you have one really bad situation, and it gives rise to another really
1: bad situation from really bad people. So I think the Black Lives Matter see this situation like that, even though I don't think it's that bad at all.
4: Yeah, no, it's it's, no it's,
2: it's it's social media and the media yes. creating the perception of chaos. When I mean, when then they bring the chaos. I can't remember. Uh, someone tweeted this. I, I can't remember who it was. Some high profile Democrat saying like, "When will Donald Trump?" Oh no, no, it was like a it was like a, a news outlet saying. Yes, there have been riots, but Donald Trump needs to take take responsibility for the right-wing militias that have been starting the fights. That's so insane. That's never happened. And so these people, you know what I think it is? I think these people have all fallen into the toilet whirlpool together, where you've got, like, imagine this table right now. Mm -hmm. Imagine if I looked at you and said, hey, I heard there were some, like, crazy right-wing dudes coming. Pass it on. And then you looked at Ian and said, crazy right-wing dudes are coming. Pass it on. Then Ian looks back at me and says, dude... We're about to get a wave of crazy right wing dudes, and then I'm like, dude, they're coming. Seamus, the the right wingers are about to be here, and it just keeps getting crazier every time it goes around in a circle. And it was all like me starting with me going, hey, do those guys look like right wingers to you? Yep. And then you're like, yo, Tim just saw a bunch of right wingers coming. And then you're like, dude, right wingers are coming to attack us. And then I'm like, I I saw them earlier. You're right, Ian. That's the only thing that explains it. If I saw them and now you're saying it, what it really is is they're in a toilet spinning around in circles. Yeah. The rest of us are not in that toilet. They've created this perception, and then from it. They burst from the toilet, covered in human waste, going, Rah, smashing windows and screaming, the end is nigh. It's, it's that game of telephone.
1: It. You know, you ever play telephone where you whisper yeah. something in someone's ear, yeah. then they whisper it, they whisper it, and then you see how accurate it is when it gets back to you around the circle. But I wonder if the people in control of the news organizations are actually seeding bad info to create. No,
0: well, it's no, a, no, no, no,
1: no. Yeah. Having, having, having worked at them, I'll tell you what it is. It's
2: a lack of ethics. It's a lack of morality. It's a desire for profits and revenue. And it's not, I wouldn't necessarily call it uh, malicious intent. I would call it, I would call it like, it's not willful. It is malicious, but it's the product of the system where the dude in charge of the money doesn't know or care about politics. So he sees an article and says, whoa, that one got a bunch of clicks. Who's Donald Trump? I don't know, man, but get more people (laughs) to do whatever that was. Then the editor in chief is just like, Wow. They're, you know, they're saying we got to get more of this stuff. They look at a resume. So you wrote this Donald Trump is literally Hitler piece. Welcome aboard. And they shake their hand. And it's not so much that they're being told to lie. It's not, it's not their boss is like, we must have you lie about Trump. It's like they're literally sitting there hearing their own refuse back in their own heads. Yeah. And th- so th- that's the point I was making. Imagine if I said to Seamus, I think I saw some right wing guys. And then he said, yo, Ian, uh, uh, Tim said right wing guys were coming. Then you run to me and go, dude, right wingers are coming here. And then I went, whoa, I just saw him. If you're saying that too, it must be true. That's exactly what's happening in newsrooms. And they keep writing it up. Then these leftists who believe all of the media... And that's a big divider in the culture war. They believe all this stuff, run around screaming, the militias are coming, smashing windows and burning everything down. And then the media goes, ooh, did we incite that? Let's just not talk about it. They're peaceful. (laughs) They were peaceful the whole time.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Part of where I'm conflicted here is I tend to agree with your position, which is that they're caught in these echo chambers, and they don't necessarily mean to lie, but the story just gets more and more out of control, and they believe that they're on the quote unquote right side of history, so anything that they say will be justified. But... The narrative also changed really quickly once it was obvious that the American people didn't support the riots and weren't sympathetic to them. At first, it was, well, rioting is the language of the unheard. And then as soon as public perception and opinion, uh, as soon as public opinion towards Black Lives Matter turned, they started saying, oh, well, it's actually right-wing agitators. So that's why I'm a little skeptical of the idea that it just got out of control. It just, it seems like a direct shift based on what they now knew public opinion was.
2: It's, I think the media is blindly chasing after whatever works and the democrats just trust the media yeah so like mail-in voting is a good example there was a story in axios today saying that democrats are pivoting pivoting away from it now really yeah yeah yeah. it's one story doesn't necessarily mean it's true but there are several organizations now telling people to go drop your mail off in person and i see this from a ton of activists they're saying don't trust the post office you know things like that you've got to make sure you mail it in person and and why so late how is it that the day the story drops about like you know primary ballots being discarded here i am saying wow look primary ballots got discarded breaking news from say politico and then i get all the people watching it and we all talk about it and the left is like what ballots yeah so i i had this I, I know this guy and he tweeted he, he like some some you know cringe leftist tweeted something about uh you know trump is going to stage a coup and he's refusing to give up power <laughs> And then this guy I know tweeted, where's the lie? And my response was, I'm like, dude, challenging, you know, uh, filing a lawsuit about contested ballots is not staging a coup. No. Telling, you know, Hillary Clinton telling Biden not to concede is not Biden staging a coup. coup. Y'all need to relax. And then a bunch of and then his response was, what ballots? So you mean to tell me it's been like three months since the stories broke about the the mail in votes disappearing or not being delivered and you didn't know about it? You're this late to the party and now the Democrats finally catch up. So with Black Lives Matter, when uh, uh, before George Floyd died, support for Black Lives Matter was at 17 or 18 percent net support, meaning, you know, that's like there's more support than opposition. Yeah. Then George George Floyd died and it spiked to 25. Today, it's at 10. Yep. It is lower now than it was before the George Floyd incident because the Democrats were watching the media say peaceful protest. Just peaceful protesters. Some peaceful protesters choose more confrontational tactics. Yeah, 93% peaceful. That's, That's my favorite. Yep. And, they, and they, still, they still say that stuff. And regular Americans are like, why did the guy on TV say it was peaceful when I literally just got sent a video of a dude burning down a pawn shop yeah. or shooting a guy in the chest? Well, <laughs> oh, what were you going to say?
0: I was just going to say it's really funny that they're talking about this 93% number. And I think they've mostly dropped it. I haven't heard it uh, no. frequently. Some ESPN guy just spewed it out
2: again. Oh 93% my of the protests are peaceful. Uh, 93% of serial murders, are, or 93% of the time, serial killers are peaceful too.
0: Well, and also, yeah, I mean, 7% of protests becoming violent is a massive number when you're dealing with a country as large as the United States, and every major city across it has protests within it. 7% Dozen is per day. not a small number. And that's why, it's funny, because I saw left-wingers saying that, oh, only, you know, 93% of them are peaceful, and then I'm not sure where that metric came from, so... I'm not going to say it's wrong to be skeptical of it, but a lot of right-wingers were saying, no, this is fake news from the left. It's like, dude, even if that's not fake news, that's really high. Like, you're missing the point. 7% is a lot.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's the, the fake news about it is how they're trying to, they're, they're changing the argument. My argument is, wow, these violent protests are horrifying. It's too bad they're not like the peaceful protesters. Hmm. When the peaceful protesters went on the bridge and laid down on their stomachs and put their hands behind their back and got a bunch of press attention, I said, that's awesome. I said, I disagree, but, you know, hey, man, peaceful protests, this country's all about it. Then then another group went around smashing windows and, like, beating people, and I said, wow, that's terrible. And that was the message we got. And then they, instead of arguing that, instead, instead of just a- agreeing that it's bad, they argued, but what about all of the peaceful protests? Mm-hmm. Nobody's complaining about all the peaceful protests. Exactly. <laughs> that's not the news story. We get their peaceful protests. We don't talk about them because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, that's just called a protest. It's right. funny.
2: Well, yeah, this
0: is completely insane. It's completely insane. But when you have, uh you mentioned earlier this, like, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I apologize. How dare I you? I, know, I feel quick, this is quick, so quick, embarrassing. Don't make fun of me. Do not bunch of do impersonation. Okay, thug, so he lost his train of thought because he's an absolute idiot. He was thinking about something related to what old Tim Pool just said over there. And then it slipped his mind as soon as he started talking about it. And then he trailed off and it was really embarrassing. So can we please just not draw attention to it, folks? Okay. It,
2: it reminds me of like the, the Family Guy
1: joke of the, the vaudeville piano players. And then yes. soon as they script, quick, play me out. And they're
2: play like, get out.
3: away.
2: He yeah. lost his train of thought. No, it's no, over.
1: If it was 93% oh. peaceful, and then I, I'll segue mm. into you. That means every 11 seconds something violent happens. For every, one second. I mean, it's oh, every right. 11 <laughs> seconds. That's like 7.1 or 6.8% or something. What were you I know.
0: I remember what I was going to say before I lost my train of thought. Re- remember when uh, 7% of Tea Party protests turned violent? I was like, I, what, what right. percentage was that? Dude, there was somebody who claimed someone at a Tea Party protest said the N-word and they were never able to offer proof, and that just maligned the entire movement right.
2: for the and entire but, country. But listen, it's, it's because conservatives keep playing. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. If you were playing Monopoly... And and then the the, the the person you're playing against kept cheating, would you, you wouldn't keep playing. No. You'd be like, okay, I'm not going to play this game. Yet for some reason, conservatives, and even to an extent moderates, who, the ones who are getting more politically active, are sitting here as the media will say something like, oh, you know, this group of people did a bad thing. And then all these conservatives go, oh, that's not fair. You can't say this about us. And then the left will do something, and the right will go, hey, look at the left. And the left will go, not playing. That's a really good not point. Playing.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, the Republicans are like, please, please, don't view me as a racist. Don't view me as a sexist. Yep. Whatever it is you're labeling me as. Instead of just saying, this is ridiculous. This, I'm not instead even acknowledging. who
2: controls it. the media? Instead of the Republican Party saying, you know, don't give interviews to, like, a certain organization. Like, just straight up. I don't do interviews. Hmm. At all. I don't blame you. I won't do it. I get an email. I'm like, gutter, Gone. Don't care. These people are not— look. It is not the job of a journalist to tell you the truth it is the, it, it, or the modern journalist. It's the job of a modern journalist to generate traffic for the website yes. that the marketing, the, the, the sales team can pitch then to a brand and say, look how many clicks we got. So let me tell you, what, what do you think happens then if, uh, I don't know, people are out throwing cans of Goya beans at a, at a riot. Goya is going to be like, we don't want to be associated with this. So, so don't include, like, we're, we're going to stop selling. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where big brands will be like, hey, you're reporting on this story. Man, you you know what they do? It's a really clever tactic. When some companies know they're about to get some a whistleblower and they know where it's coming from. So a journalist could be like, hi, you know, we're calling, you know, the the Tim Pool uh, show. We've got a whistleblower who's going to say these things about you. Then, Then the big company, when they hear this, they go, oh, you know, it's so unfortunate you're going to do the story. We were about to do a big ad buy with you. Yeah. You know, so so like basically, you know, you'll get a cookie company. Someone will say they're putting rat poison in their cookies. The journalist calls the cookie company. Then the cookie company says, let me get back to you and we'll give you a quote. Calls the sales department of the news organization and says, we'd like to buy a million dollar ad buy with you. And they go, ooh, hot dog, done. So bribery. And then. So it's, 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 it's circuitous, but yes, because then the ad team goes, Hey, everybody, just a heads up. We're doing a big ad with cookie company. So it's a conflict of interest. Any in of the reporting we do, just, just so you know. Now, most of the editorial teams are independent for a lot of these companies. So it doesn't work that way. But a lot of, a lot of the new companies don't have that same level of independence and will absolutely be like, yo, shut that story
1: down, man. They're giving us money. Dude, a lot yeah. of new media has no oversight at all it's like no fact one checking. guy running a website and he links to another article that he read which links to a third article which links back to his article and that's the oh, that's oh where, this oh, was, is
0: why we have snopes thank goodness
2: let me tell you so i had nbc smear me claiming that i was pushing the seth rich conspiracy theory which is completely bunk it was based off of a live stream from several years ago when a fox of business article came out claiming seth rich had information on his computer they retracted the story when the story came out, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And I made a point about how if I were, to, if someone asked me if I thought it was real, I'd be like, eh, you know, like 65, 70 percent or something. I think I said like 57 to 65 percent. What I was saying was, even though this story came out claiming that he had the information, I still don't believe it. What did they do several years later? And well, after the article got retracted, NBC News puts in their article that I pushed it and they link to some random conspiracy blog, then Variety and a bunch of other outlets Cloned that article without fact checking, and then NBC removed it, and they created a big circle of self citation. It's called wow. XKCD. You know, for all his faults, he's, he calls this uh, essentially. A, it's a different version. I'll explain it. Cytogenesis, like cite and genesis, and he's uh, he describes a phenomenon that happens on Wikipedia. This is amazing. Someone will go on Wikipedia, and they'll write up something nonsensical. They'll say. You know, uh, Freedom Tunes is a far left cartoon show. Which is true. And then they'll publish it, right? And if if you're not talking about Trump, you're talking about someone who isn't the most prominent person in the world, it'll probably get overlooked for a short amount of time. But then a journalist will be like, I need to find information oh. on Freedom Tunes. And they'll, they'll look it up on Wikipedia and say it's a left wing cartoon. Then they'll write a story based on some glance. They glance on Wikipedia and saying, Freedom Tunes, comma, a left wing cartoon. <laughs> then someone on wikipedia says hey there's no citation for this and they go got it right here and then they take that other article so it's a circle of fake yeah. sources yeah this is like That's
0: idea laundering. have you heard the phrase idea laundering yeah. i can't remember was that one of the weinsteins or gad sad i don't I can't know. remember who it's, it originates it's, it's used with, by but the it's left and the right the same, yeah it's basically the same concept
2: i got accused of that because some uh anarchists on reddit posted something like make sure you bring your guns or something to uh to a, a portland you know to a, a protest with proud boys and so I tweeted, they're t- talking about bringing guns. Hmm. And then a bunch of conservatives picked it up, and then it started the game of telephone, and then it became Antifa announces they're getting armed for, a, you know, armed uh, Antifa it announces. picked up yeah. Steam
1: in like 2010. Something about being able to make ad revenue online, about 2010 is when it started to pick up Steam, like YouTube really pi- pioneered internet ad revenue, Yeah, and then you could start your own website, you get Google ads, Facebook ads started paying you, and it was just- Facebook. Facebook, because Facebook was like the beginning of
2: this algorithmic content drive. So, what happened was you had uh, in in the early days of Facebook, somebody makes a news website and they would call it like you know uh, Freedom Tunes News. Oh my goodness, I'm so and, on the spot here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm, news, I I'm just I'm just it's <laughs> a, it's a safe reference, your brand. So let, let's say you have two two channels, Timcast and Freedom Tunes News, and Freedom Tunes News is an opinionated, hard you know just horrible. Like, just like, that trash. I hate Obama, that, that, that Obama. And then Tim Cast is very much like, today Obama announced a new plan to bring peace to the Middle East. And, you know, of course. well, not really Obama, you know, Obama's new plan was to bring yeah. drone bombs to the Middle well, East. He did announce but, it, I think. The point is, That's- in the early days of Facebook, and it's tr- even true to this day in a lot of ways on many, many platforms, people don't interact with boring, straight news. Yeah. And they, they choose the more bombastic content. I mean, this is true for me, too, because I do opinion, you know, I fact check, but my I, I like to think that my my opinions are, to a certain degree, uh, informed. But of course, my, you know, I could be wrong. Their opinions. And so people are more interested in seeing what someone has to say. Now, there's a couple things to consider here. We don't need straight facts, like straight fact news, because we know for the most part the moment something happens. Donald Trump gives a speech and he says, you know... I'm going to win a Nobel Peace Prize. I was nominated. And we all know. We all know. okay. And then a news story comes out saying Donald Trump wins the Nobel, you know, is nominated for a peace prize. And we say, I heard it already. Trump tweeted it. I don't need this article. So the article that does get clicked is here's why Trump should win a peace prize. That's a good point. And then people want to hear the argument. But back in the day, what happened was these news brands, you had straight news and you had bombastic news. And because people weren't clicking straight news, bombastic news was gaining way more traffic. Then the venture capital came in and they said, hey, you're getting a million views. These guys are only getting a 100,000. Here's a million dollars to keep going.
3: Mm.
2: And then they took a million dollars, hired more people just like them, and they created an empire out of bombastic, hyper-partisan content. But here's the best part. These companies started doing A-B testing, figuring out which which, which articles work and which articles didn't. And so what happens is, keywords in the algorithm. If you have on Facebook... Some, uh an article that says police brutality, it'll get X views. If you have uh, racism, you'll get Y views. But racist police brutality combines them for X plus Y views or wow. maybe even X times Y, depending. So you got so the more you stuff into the article, the more reach you get. And that that created. So in my opinion, this resulted in the rise of a, a psychotic fringe mainstream left because they keep running in circles, like chasing each other with more and more extreme narratives. And the, the, the moderates and the right, like even old school liberals, aren't, they aren't in this game. They're, 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 try- they're, they're doing more research on their own, and they're not
1: trusting the mainstream media. The left blindly trusts these brands without question. I can speak 100% first person. I was in that at Mines. Bill and I were writing articles, and we were writing spectacular headlines. We were trying to get clicks, and we were part of a group of news organizations that were coming up 2010 on Facebook. A lot of people you know, um, and we were just putting it out there, putting it out, and putting we would notice violence would get a lot of clicks, so there'd be this temptation to write these articles about violence, and the day the Boston bombing happened, I realized, I'm not going to go that route. Good because for you. when I write articles about it, we get tons of traffic, but it perpetuates the violence, so I stopped. I don't know.
0: Do you I, think I, it I, perpetuates but, the violence? Yeah, no, definitely. I,
1: I, don't. I, I saw it firsthand. I think
2: you might be conflating a bit more, so... Telling people a, a violent terror
1: act happened could re- result in a backlash where people call for law and order to stop violence. But the people that are overreaction, make, the people that are making money off of that happening subconsciously want it to keep happening. But that's oh. not going to that's, that's not going to make violence. So here's here's what happens. It makes people write articles
2: about the, the police. Violence. So it depends on which way you go. If you write an article about the Boston bombing, it's going to result in security. It's going to result in people having an overreaction to terrorism, and they're going to demand the state secure them and keep them safe. If you write about police brutality, meaning the threat comes from the state, you're going to get waves of people demanding the, the, you know, the the, uh, dismantling of the state. And that's what's happening now. So because you have conservatives and even to a certain degree, moderates who hold all moral foundations, loyalty, purity, authority being uh, the three, according to Jonathan Haidt's research that the left doesn't have, they're the ones saying well, wait a minute. I'm, actually, I'm, not, I'm not just going to throw the police department out. You know, I have loyalty. I, I, I respect to a certain degree authority, although conservatives also do have a, a large libertarian uh, uh, liberty spectrum, uh, uh, moral foundation as well. So here's what happens. You get a, the, the liberals, according to Jonathan Haidt's research, have care and fairness as their moral foundations. And the right has all six, which is uh, care, fairness, authority, purity, loyalty, and liberty. That means if you come to me and say all cops are bad, you're going to trigger loyalty, respect for authority, and uh, and right then it's going, to, it's going to make it so the conservatives go, whoa, 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 whoa. All of them? I'm loyal to the people who have served my community and helped me, to the military, things like that. Yes. The left doesn't have those. Therefore, when they see police brutality, they go, oh, rebel, 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 and they say, burn it all down, destroy it. And that's literally what's happening. So what I think we see is you have conservatives who have a, a strong basis in all moral foundations. And again, this is not, I'm not, it's Jonathan Haidt's research. It's the, uh, he's got a book. It's called, was it called The Coddling of the American Mind? Yeah, definitely got to read this stuff. And, 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 and if I'm getting it wrong, then Jonathan can absolutely correct me and you guys can come at me. My general understanding is, or at least I should say my interpretation would be, if you, we see a story, as, uh, so I, I have a decent balance. I'm like, uh, left, left liberal in the moral foundations, even leaning a bit conservative because of like authority and purity. And I have a big liberty, uh, uh, foundation because you can actually take the test where they, they map you out.
0: Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so out.
2: if, if you come to me with this extremist article that says something like the Boston bombing, terror around every corner, my liberty, Foundation is gonna start flaring red, red alert, red alert, red alert. Mm. And I'm gonna be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I respect liberty. I have a strong liberty moral foundation. So I'm not going to give up my freedoms just because we saw this, you know, this, this, this article. My authority will also be like, yeah, but, yeah, but. So you end up with this like moderate approach. Okay, okay. So we need some security. We gotta respect that we need police and we need some way to stop these terrorists, but we gotta make sure we don't cross the line and we respect civil liberties even for people who want to protest. The left doesn't have authority or a large liberty. It's mostly just care and fairness. So when they see a video of police brutality, they go, burn the system down. The police are crooked. Ah, and there's nothing to stop them. They have no respect. They have no loyalty. They have no purity. They have no, they have very little liberty. Libertarians, my favorite. It's all liberty.
0: They have like very
2: little of anything, <laughs> yeah. but liberty is straight to the roof. So it's like some of these, there's, there's like the question, the, que- the test for the moral foundations has some really gross stuff that I'm not even going to say. And libertarians are like, don't care. You can do what you want so long as you're not hurting somebody else and it's
1: consensual. Oof. Right, right. You yeah. see where I'm going. Yeah. Like, it, Yeah. Ugh. When I was writing... But that's...
0: Oh Well, no, to be fair, too, I mean, obviously, I haven't taken a look at that test. I know that, like, I'm not as libertarian as I used to be, but a lot of libra- libertarians probably would say, like, I disapprove of this thing, but I don't want the government to be involved. But I, I guess I'm not sure to the extent to which you're speaking.
2: And you didn't want to say them. I assume it's stuff that would get us demonetized. Uh, I'll tell you. Okay. It, one of them was creating a an adult love making doll based on your niece.
0: Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, you should go to jail. I mean you should be shot if you do that. So <laughs> so
2: so the issue is conservatives in
0: anyone there are people
2: who actually said yes to that. Absolutely. Oh conservatives have a purity foundation where they see that and they go, Oh like mm-hmm. the reaction you just had. Yeah, yeah. People who are just libertarian don't have strong foundations. And I'm not trying to drag other libertarians because you can be libertarian and still have strong foundations. Mm-hmm. It's a generality that libertarians basically say, hey, man, Ugh. if you want to do your thing in private in your own home, then why am I going to stop you from doing it as long as you're not hurting anybody else?
1: OK, so I think when I was writing these articles and other people writing these articles about the Boston bombing and other violent things that would happen, I think it was inciting the left. And I didn't know what the left was at the why, time. Why, 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 because why, why? When I would write an article about a terror act, it would spark fear. In the comments, thousands of people would freak out, and then I'd see other articles start to be written about the same thing, and people would be afraid in those comments. And then my boss would want more of that because it was catching. And then I would try and write about solar panels, and it would get a thousandth of the views. But people would be talking about how awesome this new technology was. And I had a choice, because I only have so much time in my life, of what to propagate and the media is doing that now with it's, this. It's Twitter. So it started with Facebook created, or I should say, it Facebook created a
2: a magnifying l- like lens or like a, a cannon to propel critical race theory because it fit the algorithm so perfectly to say like the intersection of all of these different ridiculous ideas. Now it's Twitter. Twitter has gamified hate and rage. That's very and true. so, so, so that's why, I, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. I talked about it. I wonder if Jenk Uger of the Young Turks has always been such a really mean person. No, no, I don't
1: think so. Why is he so mean, I mean now? I don't know him as a person, so he's frustrated. Yeah.
2: So I I, I remember the last time I saw the, uh, so a couple, uh, a couple, several years ago, I saw him at, at, uh, uh, VidCon and he walked up to me and he shook my hand, and said, how's things been going? I'm like, it's pretty, pretty good. And he was like, right on, right on. I'm like, how are you? And he's like, yeah, it's going pretty good. We, we talked for a little bit and he's like, hey, man, I'll see you around. Take care. The next time I saw him, he snapped, started screaming at me. Oh. He's just like a, like a, like, rah, rah. And, I, and, and now him and the Young Turks are mocking my appearance, like insulting my looks. Wow. It's the weirdest thing. I don't understand why they've become so, uh, personally and directly nasty. So do you I don't, think... in, I'm not even trying to insult them I, I, yeah. at all. I wish them the best. I don't get it. Do you think they've
0: changed or that? You're Definitely. just viewed as a boogeyman by the left now, and so they're jumping on board they changed. with that. So they when were I, less angry towards their opponents at this time?
2: Not necessarily, but Twitter's given them a vehicle to just be angry all the time. Well, that, that's the funny thing about Twitter, right? Like, on,
0: on a good day... On Twitter or a day on Twitter where you're successful, it's usually because you have said something that's really upset somebody else. And on a bad day, it's something has been said that upsets you. So it's kind of a play stupid games, win stupid prizes type but, thing. But
2: you know, a lot of the tweets that I'll put up, like my reaction to crazy news, like there was a story and it said something like um, Pennsylvania is is saying that if the signature doesn't match on a mail-in vote, the vote can't be disqualified. So I quote huh. tweet that and put LOL. Yeah. I didn't say, oh, the end, oh, they're evil. I just put LOL. Because my view on things is very much like, I remember this, you ever see Galaxy Quest? No. Oh, is that, is, is that the, uh,
0: the, the Star Trek parody with Tim right. Allen? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I've never so seen you, it. So you had, I'm familiar. so
2: I'm reminded of the scene where Tony Shaloub, he's, he's in engineering and the aliens are all around him and they're like in an emergency and like the, they're about to die and they ask him and he's just laughing. He's like, it's going good, I guess. And he's just having a good time. And I'm like, that's the kind of attitude I think would, would benefit people. Like, look, man, if you can't control anything don't scream and freak out enjoy life find the best of it have a laugh i'm watching all of this craziness happen around me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get angry
1: about it you know sometimes compared sometimes. to chank like you and him are in similar but very different situations because he has a huge company now i don't know the size of how many employees they have and i heard that they were losing money at one point.
2: He and like I guess he threatened to uh like he I guess he did fire somebody who wanted to form a union or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. They he wouldn't didn't want his people to unionize. So so that's a different that must be extremely stressful just from a personal perspective on Chank. Um Anna doesn't seem to be going through that stress.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I can't speak to anything particularly about the young Turks, but you just said something really interesting sort of about stress levels and how you react to a high stakes situation. And I find that in our culture we have yet to find this happy medium, or at least most people have where you have legitimate moral concerns and you're trying to make the world a better place, but you're not so caught up in whether you as an individual will be perfectly successful at that. It seems as if people are just completely nihilistic and everything's funny and they don't care about anything and they're just gonna do whatever they want to have a good time and why get caught up in any of the morality of it because it's just gonna stress me out. And then there are other people who do have legitimate moral concerns, but then they go over the top thinking that they're the person who needs to solve every single problem and they lose their minds when they're not successful. And I find that the best way to go about it, and this is something I struggle with as well, because I don't know that I've got that perfect balance yet, but it's to follow your moral code, to do as best as you possibly can, but to recognize that God has a plan, and if you're not successful, things will be as they should.
2: I think I, th- I, think I know where my bias in this regard comes from. Like, why am I talking about the Young Turks and not, say, like, Turning Point or like some other conservative sure. group? Well, I don't think they actually do it all—they're they're all that bad. Like, Candace Owens has certainly had negative words for, like, say, I think Cardi B, was that, was that, they were, they I were remember tweeting that. each other? that. was a whole
0: huge thing, yeah. It was a
2: huge, it was a huge thing, and they were both throwing shit at each other, but I, I started thinking about it just now, Twitter has banned all of the right that's been, you know, bombastic and trolly and nasty. So. Very it, true. And not even, not even people who are nasty, I'm, I'm saying, like, trolly as well, like, hashtag learn to code. The left, the <laughs> left literally uh, incites violence and organizes violent riots on Twitter, and they just do it with impunity. No one's going to stop them. So what ends up happening is there is there is little incentive on the right for people to become that rage monster because you will be banned like that. And so conservatives are very wary of this. Right-wing individuals are like, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to get banned. I say the wrong thing. And then it, they, they people get banned all the time. Yeah. The left, with impunity, are incentivized to be rageful and hateful and mean. And I'm just sitting here like... You'd be very much you'd be much more successful, appealing and you'd convince more people if you were nice about it. Yeah, that's for sure. But sure. they don't want Or
0: you could just make fun of them in cartoons. Or you could just own the libs in cartoons. Only, I think that helps. I think you know, that's one strategy when, you get that works power, really well.
1: Cartoons are actually awesome. I appreciate um, that. But when you get powerful, the nicer you are, that's the more you'll successful you'll be the more people will like you
0: yeah and, and to be fair no i do try to keep it lighthearted. hearted I, I think i make it obvious that I'm like i'm like just joking around and playing around but i hear what you're saying and one thing i've noticed along with this is it seems as if we're playing basically what you said by two different sets of rules and when you're in public life the further to the right you get the higher your difficulty setting becomes so you see this right-wing figures tend to have to be much more careful about what they say because each little thing can be taken out of context and their life can be destroyed Except, except for, for Donald
1: Trump. Oh, except for Donald Trump, because he, he has the cheat code. Donald and the Trump, cheat code is don't care. John, Donald Trump's a 99 overall, and he represents the right. So all these people on the left that are like 12 overall, 13 overall, they're letting them that? be angry. Yeah, like, teams? say That's it's systematic. a weight, ga- a game of weight. Donald Trump exudes 1,000 points of weight. All these other people, like, I don't want to drag Chank, he's awesome. But, like, people like anyone on, on the left that gets angry on Twitter— and posts like, uh oh, F this, uh oh, this horrible. They have weight of like 12 or 13. So Twitter's letting them add their weight up collectively so that they can equal out to Donald Trump. That's, that's ridiculous. I know it is ridiculous, yeah. but that's, I think, what hap- is what's happening.
2: I think they're just biased and they're and they're all laughing there together. And the Twitter employees are like, Haha, orange man is bad. I like that tweet. How dare you tell me to learn to code? You're banned forever. Yeah, exactly. That's By the right. way, Lydia, I think you're about to say something.
4: Ian made a point earlier about how being nice will get you further in life. And this is something that I hold on to. I actually don't know if it's true because I don't know how far I've gotten in life. I love my life. But I do think that the old adage that people don't know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care is 100% true. And I think there is also some truth. It was interesting what you said, Seamus, about Donald Trump having this cheat code, which is don't care. And I was like, that's kind of interesting because I think the right cares way too much about being called racist. And I, I appreciate that they care about their reputation, that's very meaningful to them. But at the same time, it's like maybe you care a little too much. Maybe you would benefit from having a little don't care in your life. I don't know.
0: Exactly. Well, I find that the right wing actually tends to worship at the altar of human respect. It's all about ensuring everybody knows that I'm a good person. It's and the, the moral thing foundation. the thing the left says about me aren't true. It's the moral it, foundations. I think that could be part of it. But at the same time, maybe it's just... A quirk of the fact that we live in this system where the left doesn't seem to pay a price for being far left, but they don't care what you think of their political views, and we seem to. And that has to stop if we're ever going to win.
2: What happens when you're loyal to someone who is not loyal to you? You get burned. And that's exactly what we have. Conservatives with a loyalty moral foundation, loyal to the Mm -hmm. citizens of this country, and a left that is not loyal in return. They just believe in this nebulous concept of fairness and whatever that means. But they don't care about you or what you've done for them, and that's why they don't care for the police. They have no loyalty to the system as it stands that's helped them succeed. They view America as inherently evil, and I'm not saying literally every single one of them, but the dominant, very vocal ones view America as inherently evil. They do. They say it's colonization and it's white supremacy, and they accuse the founding fathers of these atrocities, and they ignore all of the really great things that have been done. Yeah. So so I want. we're going to jump to this next story and I, I hate to do this because it's just Go it's kind of bones. if you hate yeah. to do
0: it you don't have to we won't but make I, you i
2: think we do and oh, uh so no. so we have this story from digital music news they say spotify employees threatened to strike if joe rogan podcasts aren't edited or removed what so there's been an ongoing thing with uh, the rogan podcast which to which to joe is probably more of a like mosquito on his arm that he swats away and ignores it has been relevant to those who are active in uh, cultural politics and the digital space so particularly you know a uh, space that like I'm in I hate I hate to constantly be bringing up Joe because they're the ones bringing him up I and love it feels, bringing up
1: Joe man' it's, 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 it's
2: a little tabloidy because the <laughs> the, the, the first thing I want to say is you know bring on the criticism I get it you know talking about Joe all the time He is the biggest podcast in the world with like the biggest podcast deal ever he's the OG. And now when the culture war comes for him to, to, you know, repeatedly in these stories, I think it is particularly relevant because it's going to trickle down on everybody else. What, what is going on with these podcasts and what we need to pay attention to? So as much as I, I want to be like, we get it. Spotify employees repeatedly are pushing these stories to try and come after Joe. This one to me was like another example of uh, the danger of the minority threatening to destroy things that are extremely popular and potentially even having an impact. So uh, I don't know if, if, you know, to what extent you've heard this. I think you know about the scene that a bunch of episodes didn't make it. Did oh, you... onto Spotify. Yeah. Whose episodes did they refused to Alex put up Alex Jones, there? Gavin McGinnis, really? Milo Yiannopoulos, Carl wow. Benjamin.
1: And uh, Joe, Wait, I think, hold, made right. a statement that it was uh, a clerical error.
0: Oh, that's insane. Also, I, I mean, I it? don't know. I'll, I guess I'll Joe give Sandin. Joe the benefit of the doubt. But on top of that, too— Carl Benjamin Sargon is so much less controversial than any of the other names you threw out there, and I'm not saying those podcasts should have been banned either. But it's well, just it's funny. Carl how it Carl moves.
2: has his moments. That's I, fair. When I, when I was on, when I was on Rogan's show with the Twitter people, uh-huh. and they were talking about why they banned him, and started reading some of the things he said. Oh. Carl actually he... messaged me, and he was like, I, he started he was laughing, and he was like, "You're probably saying like, oh, Carl, what have you <laughs> done?" <laughs>
0: yeah. No. Okay. Fair enough. I ha- I'm not familiar with his Twitter, but it's crazy to me that they would they would. Refused to allow him to upload streams. He did with uh, any right. of those people, but especially I don't know I always just saw Sargon to be a lot less controversial the story than those other was people, but maybe I don't follow him closely enough
1: did Spotify Nuke those episodes or did was there a clerical error? I thought I read that Joe said that it was an error that they didn't get uploaded properly So, so why, why, why would
2: why, why would that pattern seem I to know exist? it seems yeah. like a pattern why would Alex the Alex Jones episode? One of the biggest episodes had like 15 million views in a day You know, I'm not I, I, I don't think Joe's a liar yeah. yeah exactly so really i mean agreeing. and i can't confirm the statement I you know just thought I, I heard but it. hold hold on it 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 could be legit it could be that those are the ones youtube corrupted that's possible They get
0: maybe. more
1: conspiratorial
0: maybe yeah i have no idea
1: i'm interested in what I, his contract was with spot i would have imagined when he signed with them he was mm-hmm. like i have total freedom you're not going to touch any of my stuff and everything's going up yeah you in Okay, let's go.
0: And I can't imagine he would do anything but that. I don't know Joe Rogan as a person. I've never spoken to him. But based on who he is on the podcast, it would shock me if there wasn't something in the contract to ensure that he had full creative freedom.
2: There's tricks. There's a lot of tricks. Let me let me read this. for So, so we'll see what this is all about. And then we'll, we'll talk about it. So Digital Music News reports a contingent of activist Spotify staffers are now considering a walkout or full-blown strike if their demands for direct editorial oversight of the Joe Rogan Experience podcasts aren't met. Last week, we first reported that Spotify employees were demanding direct editorial oversight over the recently acquired Joe Rogan Experience podcast. That would include the ability to directly edit or remove sections of upcoming interviews or block the uploading of episodes deemed problematic. The employees also demanded the ability to add trigger warnings, corrections, and references to fact-check articles on topics discussed by Rogan in the course of his multi-hour discussions. Some of the group's demands have already been met by Spotify management, though a refusal to allow further changes is stirring talk of a high-profile walkout or strike, according to preliminary plans shared with Digital Music News. The strike would principally involve New York-based Spotify employees and would be accompanied by protests outside Spotify's Manhattan headquarters. Other aspects would involve media appearances and coordination with other activist organizations. For Spotify, the decision to offer some concessions may have only emboldened demands for wide-scale editorial oversight. During the transition of Rogan's podcast episodes onto the Spotify platform, multiple past episodes were omitted. Those included interviews with Milo Yiannopoulos, Gavin McInnes, and Alex Jones. Additionally, Rogan issued a rare public apology and correction over his claim that left-wing anarchists had set fires in Oregon, a point that was made during a recent interview with Douglas Murray. The apology is now believed to be the result of pressure from Spotify staffers. But those measures apparently don't go far enough. Rogan's claim during the Murray podcast is still part of the podcast recording, despite demands that the offending section will be removed or directly corrected within the audio itself. It now appears that Spotify is unwilling to directly edit or otherwise, otherwise alter any existing episodes with content alteration considered a bright line that shouldn't be crossed. The jo- that episode on uh, Facebook right now is flagged as fake news. Wow. All right. So if, you, if you link the YouTube video, a, a thing appears saying false information, and it's a whole podcast.
1: So, I, from that one thing Joe said... I would, wouldn't would mind if he put a little cut in there and added, like, Hey, guys, by the way, what I'm about to say is really ignorant. Here it is. No nah. This is the reason it's ignorant. That's and insane. Even like, that, even that. How many, how that? many, how many, how many wrong heck? things have if we said you, in this podcast? How many wrong things have we said? Right.
0: Every time I open my mouth. 500? Every time I open, it's open my like mouth.
1: so high profile that we would have to go back and look at it.
0: When I'm not... Yeah. Like, if I can even get a sentence out, it's usually incorrect. So... But, you but even but, have me. On but listen, here. listen. But no, in all seriousness, I I hear what you're saying. What you said, though, I think that would be fine for Joe to do if he wanted to yeah, do if that. If he wants because to, because I've done that think. too, right? Like I've uploaded videos and then noticed that there was a little error with it and then taken it down redone it or just cut that part out and then re-uploaded it right. because sometimes i feel and that there's a responsibility might be able to, up- to do that to
1: edit it while it's online without having to take it down I don't you know can do that you, I, you, you, youtube can do that
0: you can do that on youtube now yes how long have you been able to do that for
1: long
2: time because
0: i'm an i okay i'm an idiot i totally pulled something down Years, and sliced it out and i probably get. i tried to
2: look for that feature though and i couldn't find it anywhere. it's called it's called split you go in, and you go split, and you go doop, and you can you can trim the edges, and you can pull things out. It takes a really long time to do. Like, it could take, like, two days for it to finally process. Interesting. You're doing it through the cloud and whatever. I remember attempting to do it, but there
0: were some weird issues. It was like the, the cut had to be much longer than the one that I wanted to make. But this that's neither here nor there. I got to so, read this because it's sure. funny.
2: Digital Music News says, if a walkout stri- or strike moves forward, it could be risky for the staffers involved. Other corporations have certainly witnessed walkouts and even full-blown strikes by activist employees for a range of grievances. Those protests have often been met with changes. Though uh though the employment landscape has changed dramatically in 2020, Spotify employees reportedly enjoy comfortable salaries in the 120 to 130,000 annual range with considerable perks and benefits. These are plum uh these are plum jobs in extremely uncertain economic times, making a strike a risky move. It also appears that Spotify management, including CEO Daniel Eck, has a limited tolerance for the mutiny on deck. Accordingly, Digital Music News has learned that Spotify clearly shared its decision on the Schreier episode and has declined continued demands to edit or remove other episodes. So that's Abigail Schreier. She's She wrote a book about transgender youth. And uh, I think something that's called, uh, I believe it's called Rapid Onset Gender Dysphoria. Correct?
4: Yeah, she wrote this book called Irreparable Damage, How Transgender thing is uh ruining our daughter's lives basically. and
2: and yeah. joe was one of the few people who actually was willing like i mean i'm, I'm surprised he even did the interview to be honest it was it, a good interview I good thought. for him and it goes against the, the the mainstream orthodoxy and that's why they're freaking out they say the reason x pushback is somewhat obvious joe rogan's entire identity revolves around unfiltered discussion and opinion and audiences could abandon the podcast if it becomes censored or controlled Earlier this year, Spotify lured Rogan into an exclusive relationship with an estimated 100 million dollar deal. So, if you are an employee who makes 100k and you go and say, "I'm going to strike unless we get to you know make these changes," yeah, what do you think that guy's going to say? Hmm, should I lose a an, one employee <laughs> or a hundred million dollar contract? Exactly, buddy. The door is right behind you. Dude, that's exactly what I was. But, but but hold on, hold on. Here's where it gets fun. What if the employees now claim being in a work environment where they hear Sexist, racist, and transphobic content is a violation of their t- civil, ni- civil rights under the Civil Rights Act. They say it's discrimination for me to have to work on content that says these things. That's been the big uh, advantage. That's, that's been the big manipulation the left has used, arguing that their political cause is actually protected. So what the New York Times did is they started tweeting out all of, when, when, uh, it was, it was, it was Tom Cotton, right? Tom Cotton, the uh, Send in the Troops article? Yeah. Tom Cotton wrote an article, an op-ed send in the troops, called for the Insurrection Act to shut down the riots. So New York Times employees started tweeting, the New York Times is endangering black bodies or something to that effect.
0: Where did that phrase come from? They start saying black bodies instead of black people? I've heard this multiple I think, I times. I think it's a
2: reference to that they are white supremacists who don't view them as human beings, just like animate corpses walking around. A black so body then why, why
0: a, are you saying it, though? You know what I mean? Like, why are no, 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 they no, I'm saying dragging it? No, I know. I know. No, 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 no. I know I know why you're saying I'm saying like, because I've I've seen left wing people use this phrase like if they think that that represents white supremacists not seeing black people as humans like then why are they
2: using this no, term bl- no 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 I was body. I was being facetious I know you were I know you were they don't I'm actually believe saying black body is a reference to white supremacy
0: no I've seen this oh oh why do they say
2: it then I don't have no idea it's a social justice thing. Oh, okay. Okay. I was dragging them
0: okay okay I was I thought that I you was were using
2: calling the phrase them racist them. that's my bad that's my bad but listen oh, I don't, wait, want, I don't want to tell you what a black body no, is it's a
1: scientific thing that absorbs all light. Sure, sure, sure. I don't want to derail
2: off of what's going on with the New York Times. They used the idea that the New York Times was discriminating against black people as a way to force the company to take down the op-ed and ultimately the editor resigned. They are using civil rights law and they are claiming, well, if there is content that I have to listen to because I work at this company, that that is discriminatory against me and my beliefs and who I am. And now the Supreme Court has ruled that you can't discriminate against someone on the basis of uh, their, their, their gender identity. That was the, the Supreme Court ruling. You remember that. It was a you know, month or so ago.
0: Yeah, we were actually discussing that. And you made a really good point about the fact that we don't actually have to change legislation
2: as long as the they, language changes. So when they change definitions. Disturbing. Yeah, exactly. Well, so the Supreme Court ruled that if you can't discriminate on the basis of sex, gender identity and orientation are rooted in your biological sex. Therefore, they're protected as well. So now here's what might happen. Or I don't, I don't want to say it might. The Spotify employees, just like the New York Times employees, they're doing the same thing. So maybe we'll see.
1: I would say if you're looking for a job, apply at Spotify right now.
2: <laughs> the, yeah.
0: That's funny. I mean, I hear what you're saying. It drives me crazy though because this is something that happens in the creative world so often and I have not worked anywhere near the mainstream creative world but I have a number of friends who have and whenever you work on a property that's been acquired, there's always this tension between the people who have acquired the property and the people who originally created it because no one can ever buy something and then just let the creator do it the way that they were originally doing it. No one can ever see that something is successful and say, this guy knows what he's doing. I'm going to let him run the show because he was doing it fine before I came along. It would be smart for me to just let him continue you and take a little piece of this so i can enrich myself no it's, it's never gotta, they have to change it it's in, it's so prideful and ridiculous and they screw themselves because they end up making less money in the
2: long run when they ruin it m- yes a lot of times but it's about fitting that into so they have they have a jigsaw puzzle and they take this piece and they start carving it to fit the
1: mold and they remove the good i've things done that about before it. when i was a stupid kid forcing jigsaw <laughs> yeah, pieces. yeah like into i the cut room. it into the right place because i couldn't That's find the right piece so some of
2: the things I've asked, you know, in relation to what's going on with the Rogan podcast is uh, the first thing I'll point out is the inherent political danger of Joe Rogan's apology in that Media Matters for America attacks Joe saying he's putting out dangerous misinformation because Joe insinuated leftists were starting fires. Joe says something. The left is doing X. The left responds by saying you're a liar. Joe responds by saying, sorry, that wasn't true. But part of it was true. So now Joe's put out misinformation, and when other people point that out, there's no apology. You see, hmm. what, you see what I mean? I get what you, you there's mean. There's no yeah. correcting the record. So what happens is, the it's once again falling back on playing the left's game when they're not playing by the same rules. They will demand an apology from you. You'll give it. They will never apologize for for what they're doing. Mm. When the right says the left should apologize for this, remember when like uh, we had the dude put the he, he posted a picture of the guy throwing the uh, throwing the Covington kids in a wood chipper. Oh, yeah, who was that? That whole thing, that whole thing they refuse the media companies refuse to apologize. They settle you know some undisclosed number. Oh. They won't give you anything at all. So why is anyone giving them anything in return? Yeah why i don't i don't I don't understand why it is that Joe would apologize for this, but then not apologize for anything else he's ever said that's been incorrect,
4: so this comes back to playing their game. We are choosing to play by their rules. And I really hope that Joe does not decide to go through with this and, and kowtow or anything like that. I hope that he sticks to his guns and stays strong because he is just he's a very nice guy. He's very common sense. He doesn't really mean he does not mean anyone any harm. I know for sure. Have You can watch hours. But he's, hours he's, he's, of he's he done thinks. it. What do you mean?
2: He did apologize already. Oh yeah, and the apology was incorrect. I know. I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse. That's I've talked about it so many times, but it's in, in you know, just in the context of they're continually putting pressure on him to try and get him to make concessions. Yes,
4: but I think that is a separate issue because this, the the whole idea of editing or removing his podcasts is just completely insane. And I hope that he doesn't count out to that. I hope that he. It's not about doubt. what he
2: wants. Me too. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what what he says. This is what people don't understand. They're saying, uh, uh, I think it was James Lindsay who tweeted. If they think they're going to get away with this, they don't know who Joe Rogan is. And it's like perhaps if you trust that he did a good job with his legal contract, his case contract in terms of the licensing deal with Spotify, for sure. But if it's just a licensing licensing deal, then is Spotify under any obligation to actually post any of those podcasts,
1: mm. I don't know, man. i would I would have to see the contract. It's pretty
2: pretty. i don't I, I I don't I would be surprised based on the contracts I've dealt with if there was a provision saying if I make the content, you must publish it. Wow. No, every license, every they licensing
1: just deal. That's called just golden handcuffs. Horrific.
2: It's called golden handcuffs. They do it all the time. That's I why I'm like, know. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe actually knew and, and didn't fall into these traps. But every licensing deal I've seen does not have an obligation for licensing. They say, we're going to license your content. Here's how much we'll pay you. You say, okay. That's freaky. That's normal. And yeah. so I'd imagine with That's an exclusive first. contract, it, to me, I, I you know, look, he's the biggest podcast in the world. I'm sure they went through all these contracts with a fine tooth comb and, and like they're probably some of the craziest contracts in the world. But the deals that I've negotiated where I've demanded guarantees have just collapsed. When I oh. say, No, 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 I want to guarantee that you're actually gonna be working on this and they say, Well, we can't guarantee that because ah, but have a nice day. No, I hear you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away my content and then have it just disappear into a dark corner in exchange for money. I don't care. I like the content more than I care about the money. Yeah, good you, for you. You give me a cell phone and I'll sit in the middle of the woods and just blabble on for a million years. I can live in a hut and, or go down by the river and just go fishing and mind my own business. But there are, there are a lot of people fall into these traps. I've had a bunch of contracts offered to me over the past couple of years that have been laughable. There's a, like a really big podcasting network that sent me a contract that basically said, in very sneaky terms, I would give them 100% ownership of all of my all of my platform and content and everything. And That's then they it. make you feel and, like
1: and, they're doing the, that you're wrong for exactly. Questioning that it. They're doing
2: you a favor and, too. And when yeah. I responded with, I, I I read it. I said, please send me the real contract. Uh. And they said, this is the normal boilerplate blah, blah blah. And I said, if you, I, I said, no, this contract signs over the ownership of my business. Which I will not do. If you like to talk about a purchase, it's different from a licensing agreement. And they said, it's normal. This is what lawyers are for. And my response was essentially a few words longer than F you. Yeah, yeah. If you think I'm going to drop thousands of dollars on a lawyer because you're trying to rip me off, yeah. you can go have a nice day. I don't care. Like I said, I'll go down in the woods and fill myself on an iPhone and be like, burp, burp, burp. I don't, I don't need this. I don't need you. I'm not going to deal with this. But these, 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 these pitfalls exist and they're all over the place. And I have seen some really, Really clever ones. What well, they could do things in a contract where they say something like this following provision only applies to a C grade manager, you know, of a company and will not pertain specifically to high ranking officials X, Y, and Z. And then say content produced by these people will be property of this company. Then you go seven pages down and it'll say for all intents and purposes, a C level manager could include this, that, and this C section seven B. You go seven pages away. And then guess what? You are a C level manager. You see how they do it? Mm. They they can say, don't worry, we're not taking your stuff. It just says we're taking C-level manager stuff, like employees, because they work for us, right? Then t- 10 pages later, you find out that means you. Those are the tricks they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so evil but it's hilarious because the entire purpose of a contract is so you can have some clear agreement on paper that both parties have consented to, but obviously once lawyers get involved, everyone's just trying to screw the other person over. Yep. Not all the time, but they make it much easier for you to do that if you have all the tricky legal language
2: at your disposal. I won't sign anything. I I don't blame I, I, you. I always say give me one sheet of paper that explains what it is. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's one, what it has to be. One sheet and they're like there's no way. I'm like I don't care. Yeah. Like I uh, I've done uh like sponsorship things where it's like they give me this like 10-page thing mm-hmm. and I was like you want me to shout you out and you want me to sign that? And they're like, don't worry. It's no, no, it isn't. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. I'm not doing it.
0: You what will they say? Do they insist that you sign it and, and go absolutely. away? Or do they, do they go like, oh, well, if you're not going to sign it, we'll just do the sponsorship anyway, or we'll give well, you something simpler. Well, I'll tell you
2: what, a lot of the times I'm a bit too short uh, with a lot of people.
0: You make it clear that there's no relationship there.
2: I straight up say, if you come to me and try to screw me, yeah. I will kick you out the door without without a moment's notice Mm -hmm. there's no second chance you bring me a contract and you give me bunk bs i'm gonna look at it and i'm gonna say get out of my building now and never come back you're out and and I'll, i'll tell you this i often advise people there's no such thing as no in business only terms so if someone comes to you and they give you bad terms you don't say no you say improve the terms at a certain point however i'm sick and tired of them constantly flinging garbage at me assuming I'm too stupid to realize how to run a business yeah these people think they can get away with it look at what Kanye West was tweeting about I don't know if you saw this stuff where he talks about the labels ripping people off that's what it is especially with young people they probably assume like you know a lot of these contracts in the past few years I'm like in my late 20s I'm in my early 30s and they're like we're gonna take everything you own. I'm like you think I'm a moron don't you you think you can come up to someone who's like you know late 20s early 30s and they're not smart enough they haven't had enough experience you waste my time and you waste my money I will not do business with you People yeah. do make
0: those deals, though. That's the sad thing. That's why well, they keep trying. They know that they have success in that. Exactly.
1: The, the reason why you just say no and stop negotiating is because you don't have time. Like, once you get to a certain exactly, level, of, exactly. you get to negotiations extensive. So the, the way I have to explain it to people is, uh, I'll ask you
2: this, because I don't think I've ever asked you this before. If your phone rang right now mm-hmm. while we're sitting here, and it was McDonald's, and you were like, "What? what is this? And they said, Seamus, we want you to be a cashier at the mcdonald's location in washington you know central dc you know it's, yes what, no conditions
0: I don't what do you care what, yes do it, do
2: it. yeah but what, what's what would you really say if like you've got a call right now from mcdonald's and said you want to be a cashier
0: i'd say god bless you um but i have other things that i'm invested in right now that i find more rewarding than that position would probably be for me at this point in time
2: so for so to be fair for you that's probably you have your own business. You've got yeah. a successful channel. The, what I tell people when they're trying to get started in life and they're trying to find jobs, the correct answer is most people say no. Like most people I know of college degrees, they're like, I would not know. I'd say no, of course. Uh, that's the wrong answer. You know the correct answer is? How much money. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I figured. And so then, then, then they always respond with, oh, but they're not going to pay me. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Then you don't take a job you didn't want in the first place. Yeah. So if they, if they call you and say, we want you to be a cashier, you say, I want 50 bucks an hour. And when they say, we do not pay that much, well, thank you for your time. You have a nice day. Okay. End of story.
0: I mean, cause McDonald's is calling me, right? I've got, I've got all the power here.
2: Well, they reached true. out to me, that's a good point. so they I could ask you. for more money. I figured I could negotiate for a little man, more. But it's must, like, I love what I'm doing. You must really want me to be a cashier. <laughs> you know it. We just need that smile. For this days. is so increased sales.
0: Spotify bought Joe Rogan to put gold handcuffs on him. McDonald's wants to put gold handcuffs on me by making yeah, me a you cashier. you got to read the there. contract. I don't, I don't think
2: they bought him and put golden handcuffs no,
0: on him. No, I'm, I'm being facetious. I'm I have really no idea what sad. that situation is. I love
1: Joe, man. and His yeah, work awesome. is so important, I think.
2: So it, it's worrying then when... You see stories like this. And, and here's here's why I'm like, I was begrudgingly saying like, I don't really want to talk about it because it feels very tabloidy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Talking but about people does kind of.
2: For sure. Especially like, because I've, I've talked about him now, I think, four times and referenced a lot of the same <laughs> things. But the issue is that he's at the top of the pyramid when it comes to podcasting. Right. And what happens to his his show is going to infect politics, culture, and the podcasting
1: world. So you so think The people listening, the, the work we do. There's actually like precedent for them to be like- this is u- upsetting my rights because I have to see offensive yes.
2: stuff. That's gross. Vice, ma- Vice had yeah. something called a non-traditional workplace agreement that you had to sign when yeah. you got hired there. This was an agreement that said, you recognize that, you know, I-, I had to sign it. In this workplace, you will encounter content like this, like that, whatever, and you acknowledge you will not you know, take, take issue. As a media company, we do these things. And Vice was basically forced to remove that because leftist activists started claiming it was used to allow the men at the company to sexually assault women, which is ridiculous. So when all of these stories of like assault started coming out from the higher ranking vice people, then all of a sudden we started hearing these stories. Did you know they have a non-traditional workplace agreement that says these things? And it got leaked online and everybody read it. Vice had people sign that to prevent them from saying, I walked into the workplace and saw, you know, a porn video playing. Yeah. It's like, well, you work for a magazine and this is a part of the job. You're like, these are the kind of content you engage with. Sometimes you're going to hear like when vice goes to uh, the Middle East and you hear someone yelling like racial and ethnic slurs about this, their rival tribe or country, people would get triggered or angry by it. Or what about when vice went interviewed Klansmen and they started saying a whole bunch of racist things? So people are going to say the fact that they make me have to edit this when it was derogatory about me, I believe is a violation of my rights to discrimination. Wow. But so, so that, so I don't know exactly what would happen in that capacity, but that is why you end up with non-traditional workplace agreements.
1: Yeah, we had something similar at Mines. I mean, I think I had to actually write that in to the my own job because I would witness. I was like an admin at Mines, and I would see like the boost console coming through, and it was just terrifying. Some visceral like. The Christchurch shooting, I saw so many that oh, 20 times of like in the the Doom. It was like with the video game overlay, like a first-person shooter gunning women in the head. And like, oh, that's just, horrible. You know, it changed me, and I, and I had to deal. But I just quit the job. I'm not going to like— Well, that's, that's traumatic. It was shocking. Tra- yeah. yeah, that's traumatic. That's not and hearing people, a discussion about
0: but, whether or not children should be given hormones.
1: I couldn't tell the the platform to not host it. It's, it's not, the platform is a, is a platform. It's not a publisher. Is Spotify a publisher or a platform? They're a publisher. Well, that's different.
2: Yeah. You you have to, you have to get permission to, to, uh, to post. So look, I'm not saying I know for sure that will happen, but I throw it back to things like the non-traditional workplace agreement advice and how the New York Times employees accused New York Times of being racist for allowing an article about riots that are predominantly white.
3: What? So, so,
2: so white happened? Yes. Yes. Uh. So white people are rioting. So Tom Cotton says, "Send in the military and stop the riots." So the New York Times employee says, "That's racist," and the New York Times is is endangering black bodies or something like that. Oh my god! That's what their claim. And then it worked. The editor from the opinion page had to resign.
0: They actually pulled the article, and the guy resigned.
2: I don't know if they pulled it, but they put a whole bunch of like apologies and explanations, and were trying to desperately be like, "Oh, please don't cancel your subscription." Yeah. Spineless. Yeah. You, know what, you know what I would do if I if I had a company at the New York Times and I was losing subscribers. My bottom line was faltering. I'd sit back, put my feet up, light a cigar, and be like, we're going down with the ship, boys. It's going to be a fun ride. (laughs) Oh, my
0: goodness. Just publish anything you want at the New York Times.
2: I'd be like. They already do. Ladies and gentlemen, crack the cigar. I'd be like, the ship is going down. I'm going down with it. I have golden parachutes prepared. Severance packages for all of you if you'd like to go. Or you can hang out, and we can watch and see what happens. And
0: then the guys who don't have golden parachutes just stand there and play the violin as the ship sinks. Yeah, play the violin. Yeah.
2: I would I would I would rather watch the ship sink than get taken over by cultists. I'm the kind of guy if I'm on if if I'm on my ship, I got my, you know, my what like seventeenth century frigate or galleon or whatever, and I'm I'm transporting my important cargo and pirates come, I'm gonna be like scuttle the ship and burn it to the ground before I give it to these people. Hmm. You wanna steal my ship, you wanna board, kill my people and take over? Nope. We're burning it to the ground before we let you have it. The New York Times doesn't do that, though.
0: Yeah, I guess the question is, how much is the New York Times being? I mean, obviously there's some coercion there because they published the article of their own free will and then took it down. But they're they, I mean, they've always been to the left. It's not as if these are right wingers coming in and forcing them to say things that would contradict their previously held biases. That's
2: that's the issue. They that's like the joke I was making where in like 2030 you see the New York Times covered in vines and you go in and there's journalists like all like haggard like zombies, because. Their desperation to latch on to being left, they can never give it up. That's fair. So I was talking to a friend of mine and I was explaining the left has gone insane. And I said, have you ever stopped to consider how weird it is that Barack Obama was called deporter in chief and his vice president right alongside with him created the cages in home in in, in what homestead of Florida. And then as, four years later, all of a sudden he's for decriminalizing border crossings and moratorium on deportations. How in four years did he jump so far on that issue? The left has been radicalized. And moderates and conservatives are in a very similar space they've been for the past 20, 30 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the right wing has changed to some extent, but the worst thing you could commit yourself to is being left wing, because that's always going to change. I think, unfortunately, presently, the right wing has more or less become this very loose association with people who have vaguely similar views about the economy, and then socially, the views are all over the board. So we don't have a very strong right wing or conservative movement currently. But I think we need to develop something much more robust and, as I said earlier, rooted in Catholicism.
1: In 2006, the right wing was pro-war. Go kill, kill, kill. Mm. Get the oil. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's also true. The right has changed so much, and it's really depressing. And it's funny, though, because what the right was in, like, 2006, 2007, around that time, during the Bush era— was mostly neoconservative. And Trump right. has sort of changed that and actually brought it back to something a little more old school, not entirely because he's very socially liberal. Uh, yep. But his more like populist economic policies and his attitudes towards issues being based on what he thinks are best for is best for like working people, uh is I think like a more traditional version of conservatism than we've had in this country the, though.
1: And these these Black Lives Matter are neoliberals. They're not liberals. Liberalism is good in ba- right. balance. Mm. Yeah, that's not this weird it, you know, aberration
2: of liberalism is—it's is not. It's not. And that's why people start saying classical liberalism to protect what
1: it means to be a I know, legit but OG. Let's just call them yeah, neoliberals but- and call. Well- classical liberals I liberals pref- I prefer yeah. cultists or you know <laughs> crazy people yeah, noise I mean, well noise this is the thing <laughs> too rabble rabble rabble
0: what does classical liberal mean either because often it's like sometimes classically liberal is made to refer specifically to or is used to refer specifically to enlightenment values but I think more recently people who would have been considered liberal 10 years ago but now are considered moderate call themselves classically liberal people, they're even wrong they don't they're line wrong. up with us okay good I'm on That's, the same page right. as you but I've noticed many people using the phrase that way and I'm yeah I'm curious what your thoughts are on that because because uh, and also
2: what the proper label is for those people. If you're talking about people who are liberal 10 years ago, you're talking about social liberals.
0: Yeah, like sock Dems, maybe?
2: So, uh, no, 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 no. not silly,
0: because no. wouldn't you say the liberals 10 years ago probably were in favor of, like, universal health care yeah, and they were. government power? Yeah.
2: Well, Obama was.
0: Okay, so kind of so, like SOC Dems.
2: Social liberalism is almost identical to classical liberalism, but it leans more towards solving social issues with government. Yeah, not, it's not extreme, it's not far left, it's center left. So it's basically like classical liberals are like, I don't know, I lean more towards a free market solution, and social liberal is, yeah, but some of these things can't be solved by a free market. And then we hold hands and we sing songs and we compromise, hmm. because you're you're like standing next to each other. What they've become, is like, they're not liberal at all. So I've heard a lot of people say, I used to be a liberal, I guess I'm a classical in the sense. Yeah. No, 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 you're talking about John Locke, you're talking about exactly. what is essentially a very libertarian position in the U.S., Yes.
1: You were to say something? Oh, I used to be You're like a social movie. democrat, socially liberal. I was the well, social so, really need to go
2: social democrat is typically a reference to a stronger welfare state. Yeah, yeah exactly. I used to be like that, but, but then- so social liberal isn't. Because like a, oh, a yeah.
0: social democrat is pro- is not a person who would necessarily say that you know the state needs to seize ownership of the means of production and return that to the people. They believe in a market economy. They just want it to be really strongly regulated, and they want for there to be a very robust welfare state. Definitely,
1: if you look at like Vanderbilt and his uh, mm-hmm. use of the railroads in the 1800s, he strangled New York City. He had the only oh, yeah. rail line in and out of New York, and he just said one day, you know what? Screw you, New I've York. I've heard s- not- I've heard crazy stories of modern day versions of that with the internet
2: oh man but wait, i can't get in it. we got to go to super chats now oh no wait, what? oh no oh, no yes they're all just gonna be talking smack
0: to me today. everybody because oh, so um, your freedom tunes exactly if, they're gonna make fun of me and ask me to do voices oh all
2: right i will take all of your money if you're insulting uh shamus just say
0: mean things about me it's all right i can take it you know i work on the internet and, uh, that's the you
2: rent you pay it. and uh if, if you want him to do an impersonation the minimum is 100 dollars. is it what and am i I'm gonna say any kidding, of kidding, that kidding. Because- <laughs> <laughs> no it's mine i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> Um, however, you did, it's, 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 you ready for this? Oh, no. First, uh, first up chat we got from Eric Burns Marsh. He says, don't teach a member of the 70 plus genders how to fish. We need universal basic seafood. Anyone <laughs> against this has PESCO privilege. Signed the squad. Badumch. I love it. Crippy Leaf says, no Ben Shapiro impression, no peace. Okay, so
0: I'll do the Ben Shapiro impression if everyone's gonna lose their minds about it. Because last time I was looking at the chats after I was done with the show and everyone was asking for Ben Shapiro the entire time and I realized that I hadn't done it thoroughly. And part of that was because I was very tired that day. I had taken several plane rides in order to get here because I was on the other side of the continent Aww. and I'm here and I'm talking and I have to do this Ben Shapiro impression. And don't get me wrong. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to be here. Okay, gang. But I'm not just like, you can't just put a quarter on my back and expect the Ben Shapiro
2: impression. So hopefully that super chat was for more than a quarter.
4: Ooh, it was definitely.
2: Before. Yeah, two dollars.
4: Okay, thank goodness. All right,
2: we're good <laughs> Let's see, uh, Nikki says, you know, your message is resonating with people when the woke start whining, mocking your appearance, and losers are creating hit job vids to piggyback on your success. Keep it up, Tim. You're changing lives. I have noticed that. I've noticed that, like, you and Ruben
0: will get a lot of hit pieces and videos made about you, but that just shows that what you're doing is I just work, ignore and, it all. Yeah, well, yeah, you have to. I mean, um, I mean, like, sometimes, sometimes there is good faith criticism, which you should take into account, but nope. that's, yeah. I just, and, and I just, I, I, listen, man. I think I'll, it depends on who it comes from. Like, if a friend comes to me and says, hey, this video seemed wrong for this reason, I'll listen. But if it's like some, some YouTuber or, their whole goal is to like get views, dunking on you. Then it's like you do your thing. I'm fine with you being able to do that, but you're probably not going to have advice for me. And That'll be that great at appealing to I, my audience listen, or speaking text, the
1: truth. You can't read the tone of text. It's the tone that helps you learn a lot yeah. of times. I wake up, I read the news, I complain about my feelings on
2: the internet. If you think uh, like the, the people who 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 are dunking on me assume I'm like some prominent um, high profile public figure, you can view me that way. I know I get a lot of views and everything. Well, listen, man, I still wake up, sit down, read the news, and then complain about my feelings. I don't script it. I've even been very self-deprecating. I've said, like, it's very obvious I don't put a lot of work into what I do. <laughs> I literally press record and then just talk about my feelings. If my feelings resonate, like, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful. It's awesome. But, like, there's no there's no planning stage. There's no A-B testing. There's no script writing. It's literally like, wow, did you see this story about the 300 people getting arrested? Dude, Record. Guys, did you see this? Man, I can't believe it because you know I was reading the story the other day and I just I just talk about my feelings, yeah. right? So, when people start making hit pieces about me, I'm like, I didn't care about you a year ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about you 2 years ago. I'm not going to care about you today, and I'll I'll never even know you existed in a year from now. Why? Because all I'm doing is is telling you my feelings and the things I read, and I'm trying to make sure I have the correct understanding of these things. And then when I'm done, I go and play video games or I'll go skate, I'll play some music, and then we'll hang out and have more conversations. Why? Because I like to have conversations. Yeah. If people want to watch, this is what I've always told people. The reason I started kind of doing what I did when I traveled around the world was because I wanted to travel. And I said, maybe people would like to watch and see what I, I film when I travel. And I wanted to go to places in conflict and crisis. And I did that. Now I want to talk about how I feel about news and make sure I'm getting the details right. My opinions are, are informed. And I guess people want to watch that too. So they can rag on me all day and night. Right on, man! More power to you.
1: Congratulations! Like I, I, nope, no beef. I just want to Love add him. one other thing you do: eat banana chips. He Recently, does, yeah,
0: Dude, those are good. Dude, Ian, those are good. <laughs> I, Ian, Ian has done so many Reply Guy videos, just scorching me. He's always like, "This is what's wrong with Freedom Tunes," and then he uploads it to his channel with his avatar, and people come and scorch me in the comments section. I'm a wild animal, bro. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> All right, let's read some more of these. Right. Yeah,
0: I'm sorry for derailing that.
2: Let's see. Tom Bowersock says wasn't a fan of Maj yesterday. That said, this chat is to respect the fact that you had him on and had an interesting conversation, and I, I hope everybody who, who checked out that that uh, episode who weren't a, w- weren't fans can respect that at least tried to make sure I was reading their comments as well. You know, yeah, it so the nice. people who were upset, we we ended up going forty five minutes extra because I want to make sure if you think he's getting things wrong, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna shy away from this. They all tweeted at me. They all so the because we put your name on accident <laughs> in there. So sorry.
0: No, it actually wasn't that many tweets. I just think it's
2: really funny to ham up. Some new All right, here we go. <laughs> Stephen O'Hare says, 20 bucks for fake Sasquatch news.
1: <laughs>
0: That's right. That's how we started. Right. Sasquatch
1: yeah. is not real. I
0: don't think I think so Sasquatch
1: either. was a bear.
0: Do you no, think so? it was a guy That's in a suit. At? Yeah. No.
1: Oh, maybe at one point. Yeah. Or a guy Joe Rogan had a
0: really good bit about that, actually. Well, who he gets in He's just talking about how the guy who like photographed Bigfoot, I, dude. I don't. I feel like I'm gonna get this wrong, but it's something like the guy who photographed Bigfoot. Like his whole thing was to try to find a picture of Bigfoot, and then he went out there, and coincidentally, he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like a guy in a suit. But please don't quote me on that. I hope I'm not spreading fake news about fake Bigfoot sightings.
2: <laughs> All right, let's see what we got. Gentleman says, "Are you still making that card game with Seamus? If so, is there a Kickstarter we can donate to? Mm. In fact, it is also with yeah. Ian." Who yes. is the game master and, uh, because uh, we both play Magic the Gathering and, uh, Adam as well. Most of you guys know Adam Krigler is contributing to the game mechanics. Yeah. And, uh, Seamus is the, is the art fella. Is the artist. Yeah. I've
0: been doing art for that and it's a lot of fun. I've never really played any of those, like, uh, card games with any kind of like magic themes or any of that. And part of that was just like not going towards that. I think is, uh, a Christian but I really love the idea of this really fun card game which we've developed in which you guys have had like incredible ideas for and then me just being able to get these make jokes these and, these jokes that I can yeah. make about whatever political figures we're discussing because I think it's gonna be an extremely fun card game that's gonna basically appeal to anyone who pays any attention to politics yeah and so it's, I'm
2: so pumped it's basically about- it's basically a tabletop the, the idea is you can pop up in the box and you can play with all your friends, and the goal is to get your
1: opponent canceled, uh, banned from the internet. It's on the fourth yeah. iteration now. We and, it got it was really complicated at first. Like me yeah. and Tim are huge Magic fans,
0: and it's really funny because when you guys reached out to me about this, I had no idea how public it is. So I was like trying to keep it on the DL, and people were like, oh, Tim Pool mentioned you're working on a card game, and I was like, okay, cool, I can talk about it because I'm really pumped to put it somebody. Together.
2: Somebody had a really good super chat. Mm-hmm. Samuel Eddy says for Freedom Tunes. Tim Pool time travels and tells his younger self he is voting for Trump, and then a much older Tim Pool appears from further in the future. And <laughs> oh, man, yeah. that could be good. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I said no. I said like in 2018 I will never vote for Donald Trump. It's never gonna happen. I was laughing. Yeah, and now here I'm like I'm gonna vote for Trump. You mm-hmm. know, and you know, can I ask you a super chat, sir? Me? Yes. Where's the money? I'll get
0: a dollar out of my pocket and <laughs> hand it to you after the right, show. What's the super chat? What is your most important issue this election? What's like the number one thing you're voting about?
2: Uh, the riots. The riots. Okay. Fair enough. I-, I feel like the Democrats have tried to use the destruction of the small business owner and the fam, like the family and innocent people, to gain political power, and I am enraged by this. When they w- when they, when I watched that guy, um, I forgot what his name was, but um, he had his sports bar burned to the ground. Yeah. And he was crying. He's in the news. And the, the, the Democrats were supporting all of this. Obviously, like, they've been careful about how they have, but they have. And so I thought, you we are watching innocent people bawling their eyes out on TV, having their lives ripped from them and destroyed by violent mobs. And all I asked was you say, stop this. And you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't call out Antifa. You wouldn't call it Black Lives Matter. The Democrats need to understand we as regular Americans who want to live our lives, whether you're liberal or conservative, want to open a small business and be, and, and be with your family. We will not tolerate you bailing these people out and supporting this destruction. And on top of that, I said earlier in the year, one of the things Trump could do to get me to vote for him, there's a couple of things, is um, pardoning nonviolent drug offenders and uh, and doing like an executive order to ba- essentially legalize um, marijuana or uh, and or pulling our troops out of the Middle East. Yeah. Trump is doing that and he's doing peace agreements. So I'm satisfied. Good for you. Is, is it right if I ask you guys too before we hop on I'm actually really yeah. curious. What? Oh,
4: yeah. You want to start, Ian?
1: Yeah, yeah. mine is uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership and how the Democratic Obama and and Biden wanted to get us into this trade deal with uh, Malaysia and all these countries in East Asia that would have basically allowed them to sue uh, our population if they felt like we were discriminating against their oil companies and things. So if they wanted to sell us, you know, Korean oil or sell- Malaysian oil, and we said no, we don't want it, they would say, "Well, you're discriminating, so we're going to sue the American government." Mm. And um, Trump, like a week after he got in office or something, he, he just nixed the whole deal. <laughs> yep. He That's said he was going to do it, and he gets
2: in, and he goes, boom, Does gone. Yeah. Boom. And I don't understand why the progressives weren't cheering for that, because yeah. Bernie Sanders said the same thing. It was yep.
1: hidden in a clause inside of it, so it was very mm-hmm. on the down low. Yeah. I'll let you know if I remember the name of the clause. Yes, thing. please
0: do. And the lids...
4: Oh, yeah. So I think my biggest issue right now is probably also the riots, because it is it can no longer be the national deficit. I really hate that about the Trump administration, because I was very concerned about the national deficit. Because if you, like me, ever want to have children, you need to think about what we're leaving to our kids. Yep. That's a huge deficit, and it just got, like four times 10 feet taller yeah 10 feet taller no joke yeah Trump comes
2: out we're gonna make the deficit (laughs) deficit, 10 feet taller (laughs) in the graph that's only one you know
4: (laughs) oh gosh yeah what about
0: you Seamus Oh, I would definitely say abortion. It always is. Just the fact that yes. we're killing, I think, like 800,000 unborn babies per did year. you
2: Did you see the Democrat article, the pro-life Democrats? took got a full-page ad in the New York Times. No? I'm going to show saying, it to you after the show. They said the Democrats have need to moderate their position on abortion because they're leaving behind 30% of their own supporters and 44% of independent voters because they've become too extreme. Mm-hmm. And I have been saying that, too. I'm pro-choice. But when Michelle, what's her what's her name, Wolf or whatever, yeah. comes out on on Netflix, going,
4: "Everybody get abortions, you get an abortion," so and I'm, I'm
2: like, "This is gross. Mm. It's gross. You know, yeah. It's 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 like I was saying about uh, deportation too. They've gone instead of just being like, we're gonna slowly move left, they went whoosh. Mm-hmm.
1: They
2: they just jumped like a whole football field to the left, and I'm like, whoa, not okay with that. Sorry." I, yeah. I remembered what, oh. No, no, no. Uh,
1: it's called the investor state dispute okay. settlement. If you look up the Trans Pacific Partnership and look at the investor state dispute mm-hmm. settlement, you can read about how just they were going to yeah. sell our country out. I will. And
0: I, what I was just going to say in response to Tim before we moved to the, the super chats uh, was that, yeah, I mean, I believe abortion at any stage in pregnancy is murder, but it's obvious that the, the, Official position of the Democratic Party is even more radically pro-choice than that of I don't most cons- left-wing I don't call people. It, I don't call it pro-choice. It's just pro-abortion. Yeah, exactly. I, I, w- I would argue that like any position in support of it is, but the Democrats are also getting up to the point of literally being pro-infanticide. In some states, they don't—they're against the Born Alive Act. I mean, if if an abortion fails and the child is delivered, they believe that it's acceptable to kill that child, and that there's no protections that that child should have extended
2: to them by the government. Tulsi Gabbard said, "There's got to be some restrictions." And it's a very, very complicated and difficult argument. I believe she is correct. And for libertarian reasons, I'm pro-choice. I think life begins at conception. But there are serious challenges in the government's authority, what they can do and how they can control things and what their rights are. And it really just comes down to an, uh, uh, one, of these, one of these ethical arguments where there's a, a, a moral disagreement. And uh, I ultimately am very much not a fan of abortion. But I recognize the difficulties in trying to be a a nation with with individual freedoms and restricting the power of the government in certain capacities that being said is a is a big challenge for me for sure. So when I'm confronted with these arguments, I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to like find this balance, and then the left comes out and starts screaming you know uh, what what did what did Lena Dunham say she wished she had an abortion? Oh my goodness yeah that's- do, you, do you remember that yeah that's that's like <sighs> come on, man. We're trying to have a discussion about something that we think is like like the position of the of the Democrats used to be begrudgingly. Hmm. We don't want to be for this, but we recognize the importance of it in certain circumstances. Yeah, safe, it's,
0: legal, and rare was exactly the, the buzz phrase, but that they don't really care about rare and they don't even really care about safe. Dude. At yeah, all, I've, anytime anyone tries to impose any restrictions on Planned Parenthood or the way they're able to operate, they they cry bloody murder about how this is restricting abortion access. I think so safe doesn't matter to them at all. Rare doesn't
2: matter to them at all. Legal's all they care about. I think this 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 ad from the pro life Democrats is legit. I think there's a lot of Democrats. I had a conversation with. Uh, I've been I've been talking to a lot of my friends. You know, because we're getting close to the election, and – oh. We're getting close to our uh, our. our, Oh, I'm so sorry. I,
0: I totally derailed this. No, 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 no.
2: no, 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 no it's okay. fine. It's a
4: great conversation.
2: I th- we're we're uh, I, I got to clear up the hard drives. Anyway, oh. uh, I digress. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who is a progressive, left leaning voter who said they were scared to speak up about how they're pro life, hmm. and I was like, "Then how are you voting for a Democrat?" Mm-hmm. And they said they probably wouldn't. Oh well, yeah. But the, they're but they but they're progressive, and they're just like, they can't support it. Good for them. Well, I, I mean, I, I'll pray for them, and I hope that,
0: that they can be encouraged to know that speaking out for life is the most noble thing you can do, and
2: uh, I'll leave it at that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and read through some of these quickly, because... Uh, can we stop we, the recording and keep the stream going? The stream will keep going no matter what. Okay. It's just if we want to make sure people can watch it later. Later, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. I just had a great super chat. I feel bad. Uh, question for Seamus. Sure. In the Freedom Tunes, Why Won't You Debate Me? Is the red button on Trump's remote control the nuke button if it is, love, uh, LOL, if it is, love your stuff, dude.
0: Well, I mean, it should. I believe the president probably should have a remote control, which can first of all, <laughs> if
3: anyone is to be trusted, they had it in this big, stupid looking football. I said, we don't like that. We don't like it. Let's put it, Let's put that on the remote. Don't you think it should be on the remote? I think it should be on the remote. So we put it right on the remote. Yep. All right, we got
2: uh the real Darth Squishy says this goes out to my favorite basement dwelling newscaster. Bring on Adam Ford or someone else from the Babylon Bee. That would be awesome. Uh, Those absolutely. guys are really cool.
0: And I just chatted I, with them.
2: We we're not in the basement. We haven't been for a very, very long time. The basement studio has moved. We're actually on the uh we're in the attic. In the attic. I want to yeah, show yeah, you guys. It. It's beautiful. Up we there. got oh, much yeah. better than a basement. We're in like an attic. Band. Band. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. a TV behind Seamus now that I wasn't know. there yeah. the other day. It wasn't it's, there. it's really big. I brought that for Tim. As a token of my gratitude for allowing me on the show again. All right, here we go. Captain says, Tim, doubling down on yesterday's question about military gear, you mentioned citizens shouldn't see APCs with military types hanging off with long guns. Those guys are SWAT, not regular police. The defund military gear argument needs research. I completely agree. You're correct. I mentioned this earlier in the day, that the challenge is, is due to population density and the increased danger from large groups that are rioting that we didn't have in the past. And now we're entering a really difficult difficult period where we say we don't want cops to look like a military force, but we also have 300 people running around smashing and starting fires and shooting cops. And not only
1: is it a larger population, but easier for them to c- coordinate.
2: Exactly. And so if I'm going to ask an officer to please stop the riots, they're going to say, okay, can I have an armored vehicle? I'm going to be like, that makes sense. Someone just shot a bunch of cops. Yeah. So now it's like. It's not a question of what they should look like or should be doing. It's a question of where, where is this going to lead as society grows bigger? And you know, you know, robot cops.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! Theme of the All show.
2: Right. The Grizzly says Call of Duty this year is set in the Cold War, where the Soviets are the villains. I heard about they, this. They went so far as to promote KGB defector Yuri Bezmenov. Yes. And Kotaku wrote an article calling the decision dangerous alt-right <laughs> boogeyman for fascist Trump <laughs> That's supporters.
0: Hysterical. Yeah, being anti-communist makes you dangerous and
2: alt-right. It does. That's hilarious. Anti-communist is called like a, a, a far-right dog whistle. And
0: yeah. and have you seen these articles about quote-unquote far-right pedophilia panic? Yes. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a phrase now. Amazing. Being panicked about pedophiles makes you what? far right. right.
2: I got to try and go quick, so sure, I'll sure. make sure I get these. Let's see. Ron Garion says, "Can we get an impression of Donald Trump doing an impression of Jordan Peterson in the speed of a uh, speed of Ben Shapiro?" Oh, snap. <laughs>
3: okay so first we're gonna start we're gonna go like oh a little up here I'm Jordan Peterson like how good is his Jordan Peterson is the first question right, right. Like, probably not oh, go, great. Like, oh, good. This is my Jordan Peterson. I'm doing really well even <laughs> <Peter, laughs>
0: now I'm just talking like Barney but really really quickly <laughs> Like, okay
3: folks here's the thing if you're going to embody the archetypal if you're going to embody the archetypal mythos of the hero by metaphorically dying you have to go to the underworld and rescue your father okay gang I can't believe and you, you to did to it be able to do that, you have to go to the underworld you have to rescue your father and then if you have to put together your own archetype and make sure that your room is perfectly clean so that you're capable of doing it there were like five words.
0: In there that didn't you make pulled sense, off. You pulled it on, I'm happy because be it was truth. just as yeah. fun as it I'm impressed. To be. Thank yeah. you. I
2: love it. Sir Kel says, Tim, thank you for your unique perspective. I never miss your videos because you're real. Lydia is legit too. Keep it the great work. We will.
0: Wow, Ian, we got left out there. Woot. We're getting, yeah, when yeah. they
2: win, I win. <laughs> All right, let's see. Good
0: for you, honestly. It's a good Ian one.
2: Hall says, to General Poole, salty, Amy, uh, salty Army First Division, and Seamus the Amazing, oh. one very important question. Okay. If someone serves in the military and not And not a citizen should be should they be given the fast forward to the line? My personal opinion is yes. Mine is as well.
0: Wait 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 wait. Repeat. If someone isn't a citizen Uh
2: and they join the U.S. military Mm -hmm. and serve, Mm -hmm. should they get a fast track to citizenship?
0: Oh my gosh! When he said the line, I thought he meant the front lines. I was like, why would you do that? That's horrible. That's why I wanted to make sure that like I didn't mishear that. But well, yeah, I I maybe yeah. I mean, I, I. I think there's something there, and we're certainly uh, really hurting for membership in the military. Are we? So I thought. Yeah, I think. Well, that's that's part of why. I mean, they say that if we ever really had free college, the number of people signing up for the military would decrease exponentially because that's Mm. the motivation for quite a few people. I mean, many of the people who join. Yeah, I I actually don't know the metric for that, to be honest. So, well, do you think
2: they should get a fast track?
0: Should they get a fast track? Ooh, I, I haven't given it that much thought. My first instinct is to say, yes, that sounds like a good thing, but don't hold me to that because I haven't given it a lot of thought. I mean, this is the I first time of hearing of it. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. They, they are going to serve and protect and join the armed forces. They're yeah. going to get proper training. They're going to be in the command structure. And so I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And um, we, can reciproc- you know, we, we can be reciprocal. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, Philip Xavier says, Seamus, what's your view on same-sex marriage? Oh, yeah. I mean, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. You don't agree with same-sex marriage at all? No, no. I, I, there's an interesting—we we were talking about something about this a while ago, because one of these, like—I had, I had a moment where there was this thing called uh, Prop 8 the musical. Do you know what Prop 8 was? <sighs>
0: that was—so it was Proposition 8 the one in California that, Yes.
2: Yeah. And so this was before the Supreme Court ruling and all that. And there's a line where Jack Black says, Remember, your nation is built on separation of church and state, which it's actually—I'm pretty sure it's not. It, it, it was like it was way later after the formation of the U.S. They yeah. talked about the separation. But the interesting thing about it was I was like, wouldn't that actually mean that marriage as an Abrahamic institution couldn't face – like the under the First Amendment couldn't be altered or exactly. ordered?
0: Well, and on top of that, I reject the view that this is a specifically religious issue. It's just a product of natural law. It's not – just catholic teaching that marriage is between a man and a woman this was held by virtually all christian denominations until probably 30 years ago and is held by uh many other religions and many people who aren't even religious the point is oftentimes when someone says a religion is being forced on them what they're saying is that people want the state to encourage people to live by natural law i'm not out there saying that it should be illegal to eat meat on friday i'm not forcing my catholic faith onto people i'm saying that we need to define laws in accordance with reality and it is the reality that marriage is between a man and woman
1: that's what the word means It it means means to mix um, when you marry two things. So what if you could do like legal marriage for any sexes, but holy marriage for men and women?
0: I guess I'm not sure what that would mean. Like legal. You mean like civil unions, like civil unions and taxes? So
1: so check this out. This is really important. So uh,
2: I recognize and Obama had this position, too. That the marriage is a religious institution mm-hmm. that like the concept is, but it became a, 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 a policy institution for American citizens. And so now I have friends who are like, I, I have a very good friend of mine is a lesbian. She makes more money than her significant other. If they get married, they share the tax benefits. Right now, as individuals, they're not reaping the full, you know, benefits of a, of a, of a married couple. And if they want to live together and have a life together, and I think as a very, you know, by more power to them, I'm, you know, happy that she's happy, I think she should have the same uh, equality under the tax law. And that means she needs the same legal protections. You see what I mean?
0: Yeah. So what you said earlier, though, I find interesting, this idea that it was like a religious issue, but then it became a public policy issue. I guess I just reject the idea that it was, I mean, it's become a religious issue in the sense that... And the Catholic Church is pretty much the only remaining institution in the world that is upholding the traditional definition of marriage, but I don't agree that it's specifically religious. I mean, you have people getting married in non-religious contexts all the time, and that was never viewed that, that, as anything but between a man and a woman until very recently.
2: Right, well, that's because it's rooted in a religious context. Would you
0: it, say that, though? I mean, people got married before Abrahamic religions existed. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because look, if if a woman is going to be pregnant, become pregnant if she has sex with you, then she's probably going to want certain commitments, and the community is going to want to make sure that you're going to stick around with her before you have kids. So, like, those are probably the anthropological foundations of marriage.
2: So, so the the way I view it is, if if we're going to grant law benefits, legal benefits, we have to grant identical benefits to all people. Now, there's there's certain challenges in where you draw the line, and people have different morals on this because there's been a bunch of arguments about where that leads to, but. If 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 we have equality under the law and we have equality in the Constitution, then we can't tell people, you know, you can't have the same rights as somebody else. Yeah, I guess it depends. But there, there are challenges there because of the interpretation of what a right would be. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, look, I think it really comes down to generational morality. Like when i mean like literal generations, like a younger generation is going to be more like, sure, why not? Right. I don't I have no problem with with uh, with gay marriage. The next generation is going to say, "Sure, why not? I have no problem with you know gender, you know uh, gender dysphoric youth taking hormones." The next generations will are, are changing. I will. I will add though. A pew, pew Research shows that Generation Z is actually tilted slightly back conservative a little bit. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I don't know if you want to, you know, get, yeah, get, no, we can take, continue super chat. I was going to say take, take the last word on that one, but I think we're going to, you know, I'll do one more super chat for like an hour. On yeah, it. It. right, exactly. So I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to take the last word from you if you wanted to. i mean i suppose you go back to the super chat right on all right let's see we'll take uh we'll take uh just one more because um uh, you know I'll take some uh, the world is not enough says wait tim believes life begins at conception is pro-choice but anti-death penalty convicts greater than fetuses tim there is a great uh ethical conundrum in there and it's why i explain why it's so difficult i think it's absurd to argue that life doesn't begin at conception it absolutely does you you literally have an independent life it requires support from to a certain um, for a certain amount of time that doesn't take away what it is because it's it's a very simple argument if someone's on life support it doesn't take away what they are if someone requires a kidney transplant it doesn't take away what they are and so we have to make sure that there is there's this clear point a lot of the arguments from from the left and the democrats on on uh, abortion has been determining a nebulous line where they finally agree that this is life it's like no the life was created when the cells began splitting just because it's not big enough for you i, I don't i don't agree with that so when it comes to uh, abortion, I've had long conversations about this. I've had long uh, ethical like meditations on it, I suppose. And I just can't get myself past the line where the government has the right to mandate one person provide part of their body to another person. Even so, the, the so I don't uh, so I don't view uh, I don't view abortion as murder, though I do view view it as the act that will kill the life. So why is it not murder, but an act that will kill a life? I guess where do you draw the distinction? So uh, the, the, the way I see it is if 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 I'm giving my blood to someone else and I say I don't want to give you my blood anymore, it is my individual autonomy not to be forcefully by the government told I have to give you my blood to keep you alive. But what if you put the person in
0: the situation where they required
2: your blood? So the, the issue there is determining. Now we have to determine whether or not you mm-hmm. did. And mm. so do we have a court about that? Do we have a legal proceeding? Are you lying? Are you telling the truth? And do we? So it, it really just comes down to who that's that I had a great conversation with Glenn Beck about this. And it's like, man, I hear you. You know, it's just like I keep in my mind hitting the wall where I'm like, the government says you must give your blood. I guess
0: because I, 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 I don't. Be know like, Well, I don't believe that it's an equivalency because in one situation you're talking about the government forcing you to give blood to somebody, presumably, possibly a stranger, whereas this is a, a situation of a, a mother-child relationship, which is fundamentally different.
2: And it could be forced on the woman. So the, that's the, true. I'll, I'll tell you this. I think
0: a horrible situation, but I still believe that that child is, has all of
2: the same rights that we do. So I think there's. I've heard from conservatives the exception with incest and rape. I disagree with that. Yeah. I think. Like, if you're arguing that that's a ground for grounds for abortion, I'm like, I, I I don't agree. First of all, I think the health of the mother and child is absolutely a circumstance. And ultimately, regardless of the argument, I'm, I just can't hit. I hit that wall where the government says we have to provide our bodies to someone else for any capacity, for any reason. And I think I'll tell you this. If someone told me that they were going to get an abortion as contraception. That's disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oop, got accidentally got pregnant, gonna go to the abortion. I'm like, that's 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 horrifying. And the challenge is, we could set limits like you can't do that. And then what do we do to the victims? And it's look, man. I don't think there's a good answer to this. I really, really don't. Yeah,
0: I I disagree. I understand where you're coming from about some of it being messy at some point. But there was a point in time in this country where abortion was illegal and not necessarily in every state. But in pre-Roe v. Wade, many states did not prohibit or I'm sorry, prohibited abortion at, at any point. And I did a video on this a little while ago. There were a lot of myths spread by abortion activists about back alley abortions and how frequently they led to deaths. And almost all of that was untrue. For sure. Most of the uh, decline in deaths from back alley abortions we saw was a result of the development of antibiotics and not any changes in our laws. The year before Roe v. Wade was passed, uh, you had almost as many, if not just as many abortions as you did the year. I'm sorry, um deaths by abortion as we did immediately after and many of those deaths occurred in states where abortion was legal. So I guess my point is I I reject the framing that this is too complicated for us to handle legally because we have in the past.
2: I it's a hard moral and ethical conundrum that's you know i don't think i have the best a- i don't think i have good answers i just think that there's like something in my mind where i see like an ethical issue but i will say just to, to go move on not that i can give you a satisfactory answer and I, for that i apologize just i think just there's come a lot over
0: of, to my side tim
2: I, come I, over I, the pro-life I, side it's i i would say that philosophically i'm definitely pro-life legally i'm not so legally i err but i will say this i think there's got to be restrictions on what at when you can get an abortion Uh, and like, like Tulsi Gabbard said, and in reference to the the question about convicts being greater than fetuses, the issue with convicts, I'm against death penalty. The reason is I believe if you've subdued someone to the point where they're no longer a threat, snuffing out their life is destruction of a miracle. Individuals are infinitely unique and, uh, choosing to kill something that is, you know,
1: yeah it's it's Something, destruction like a cow it's a person
0: yeah
2: oh i i and i recognize like choosing to kill an animal comes from serving a purpose mm-hmm. you know but but having someone locked in a cell there's serious there's serious ethical conundrums. i've contemplated exile like if so, like what what right do you have to to cage somebody if they've slighted your view of morality do you put them on a boat kick them off and say go live in an i i
1: don't know humans are, are animals. It's tough questions, man. I, really that really that our
0: li- I, be- I do believe that our life is far above that of animals,
1: though. Well, we're, we're, we're also animals. We're all just different types we're of animals. We're rational animals.
2: That's I mean, we're,
0: we're rational creatures, too. I don't even really we like are, the we are that animals. Uh,
1: we've, we've desynchronized
2: uh, with evolution. We've broken ourselves out of it. So when you look at the difference between humans and animals, you have this balance in nature to a certain extent where there's like um, it, a lion runs fast to try and catch a gazelle. The gazelle runs faster. So if a lion is fast enough or the gazelle is too slow, then the victory goes to the lion. This, over thousands of years, results in slight changes between the two groups, the competition. The gazelle becomes faster to survive, the lion becomes slimmer, or the the animal changes. Humans figure out how to manipulate their environment. So instead of evolving to become faster, they just... Made a bow and arrow and shot. Yeah, throwing was such a huge evolution. Exactly. So humans are outside of the evolutionary process now because our brains can manipulate the environment to such a degree, we can control everything. And it's getting crazy. Like, the cameras, the lights,
1: the technology. We've, we've, it's incredible. We, it's, it's amazing stuff. Did you guys hear that the female egg actually attracts the sperm that it wants to fertilize it? I haven't heard anything like that. I just yeah, started hearing this, and I haven't done fact-checked it. But I, I always thought it that more. it was like yeah. the sperm raced for the egg, and then one got there. But apparently I there's like a, that. It's like a magnetic thing yeah. or something. Kind of
2: interesting. So here's a really good question. Okay. This is Monitor says, How about if you woke up and found out that you were attached to another human being and sharing their blood? You know that they will survive if you wait nine months, and you will be fine. If you disconnect, they will die. So, is the
0: violinist thought experiment, correct? Is, is that what this? it's referred to as? Yes. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. I'd say uh, get off.
0: No, I mean, I guess I I just fundamentally disagree that that's analogous to abortion. I don't think a mother-child relationship is the same as being attached to a complete stranger. But even so, I would, I think I would try to stay there and not let this other stranger die. Not that I even think that question merits an answer because I don't really see it as an an equivalence.
4: So does the state or does the state not require a parent whose children are born to take care of their children if they are capable of doing so?
2: Yes. Does the state require that the, the mother provide parts of her body to that child?
4: no after they're born it's a little bit different
2: so this is th- this is this really does create the ethical challenge and uh that's why i think we as a country have trying to find compromises where like we disagree but we want to live together and we want to have these conversations and I'm I I, 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 I I'm sure there's probably a bunch of leftists who are screaming about what you're saying. I'm sure, sure. there's conservatives screaming about what, what I'm saying. And so finding that point where we're both
1: equally unhappy. You, you know, know, I think one thing... I that don't could, want that point. One thing that <laughs> could yeah, push people I, towards I, the pro-life side... I want to save the babies. Side. I'm kind of yeah. pro-choice by nature, but one thing that could push people towards the pro-life side is if you gave babies social security numbers at conception.
0: Why would that? Oh, I think psychologically would people
1: would have a much harder time killing it if they thought of it as like a... But does a it s- citizen.
0: So, huh. I guess that's kind of sad, though, if if it was the case that a social security number would be doing more to uphold the dignity of a human life than the fact that we know that this is a unique individual. Yeah, it's, like,
1: it's like When does it become a human? When it's born or when it's conceived? That's when it's a conceived. Question. I think it's fertilization. But it's a question. It's fertilization. It's not a question. I disagree on that. No. Yeah. I,
0: I, think, I think it's when it dishonest. it has a heartbeat. See, like, Tim, you're so right about this, which is why it's like it's surprising it's a, me that it's you a, believe. It's a
2: policy. It's a libertarian thing. It's like, to what extent can the government make you do a thing? And that's the, like, the extent that I think that, that you don't kill someone, I think is the answer. But, but it's, it's, it, the difference between, it's, but this is the problem I see. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we'll probably yeah. never see it I die. Yeah. But the problem I see is if, if, if something is attached to me and we're making an assumption about whether it was chosen or not, I certainly th- would be, dis- I'm, I'm certainly not a fan of individuals who do it willy nilly as conception. That to mm. me is disgusting. Somebody who was forced into it or I, I, outside of that, because it's a, it's a really difficult ethical position. They're giving their body to someone to sustain their life. Removing them is saying you're on your own. They'll die. So it's it's an issue to me, and I, I've I've not taken it lightly. I've thought about these 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 questions, and I just can't get to the point where you have a person saying, "I don't want my body to like it's my body. It's like the only thing I have that I you know is me, and I can control." And there are a lot of people who often feel they have no control, and it, this is the one thing that's theirs and they're being told, "Yeah, well, for whatever reason, you're providing your body now to another entity." I'm just like, "I can't view a government uh, uh, right to to do that, but I'm willing to compromise and set limits, even hard limits, but it's but it is but it is an inherent challenge." I'll I'll tell you this, man, when I was growing up, all of the conversations I had, this is what's crazy about it, was what I'm saying right now was considered to be like the hardcore approach. The
0: hard left position, yes. Right, 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 yes. right.
2: And I would have arguments with because I I went to Catholic school and so when I was older I still had parents and friends and we would argue about it and they would be like oh you're wrong now what I'm saying is supposed to be the center or even a right wing position sadly yes that's ridiculous to me yeah so look man I I don't have good answers I don't all I all I know is like it it's it's a it's like a moral and ethical conundrum yeah i mean you're right that at,
0: at this intersection you and i probably are going to have to agree to disagree but i would just say as my last words i i believe life has to be protected at all points in time from conception until natural death and especially hopefully late we'll see eye to eye on it someday and I, yeah hopefully we'll see eye to eye on it someday like, i think
1: late term abortions are insane mm. when it's like looks like well, a human and it's got a beating heart and it's like what, 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 seven months so later there there
2: there are certain issues there are certain issues. i was talking when i was talking to my friend about this uh she said that she was very pro life, but she thought there could be exceptions for like Down syndrome and other things. Oh. And I said, I said, absolutely not. I was like, you can't tell me that. Look, I, I, d- have you seen the video where the da- man with Down syndrome who lived, he's like giving a speech about how his life matters? And it absolutely does. I don't like that idea that you're going to be like, well, this is an undesirable baby. So this yeah. one doesn't. No, 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 no. Uh
1: uh-uh. uh. What that, about that- a baby that would be born of a vegetable? See, that's a different question.
0: Well, I don't know because even that can be used as an art. Like- my point is if it's an argument that can be used for infanticide generally it's probably not the best argument to be made for your case. But are well, that I mean, again maybe this abortion is infanticide would, but would, would but I would not kill
1: a woman to give birth to a baby that was going to be in a bed I Comatose for its whole life?
0: Yeah, I just I disagree with the concept of forced birth. Birth is what happens naturally. I don't think it would be okay for that woman to kill that child because of their disability. I believe that human life is precious and valuable simply because it exists. It doesn't have to exhibit the same signs of sentience that you and I do. Every single human person is crafted by God, and you don't even have to believe in God to recognize that human life is beautiful and sacred, though that is, of course, my- where I come from. And my final point here is that there are no exceptions to the human life. Life, which needs to be respected again conception till natural death
2: my 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 view on life being a miracle mm-hmm. is probably very similar to how you described it with mm-hmm. God but mine comes from uh, writings of uh, uh, who wrote Watchmen was it Frank Miller maybe Not, can you look up who wrote the Watchmen yeah. comic uh, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Have you ever read this or seen the movie? I saw the film a while when, ago. When he's explaining how all of these infinitely insane things can finally converge to create this one unique individual that can't be recreated in any way. Mm-hmm. So, Alan Moore? Alan Moore, Alan Moore yeah. that's yeah. right. He's got a great accent. And then
0: if I could just throw one thing out there, actually, I maybe want to issue like a minor correction to what I said. Um, my point about not necessarily needing to be religious to see abortion as wrong or to see that human life is sacred is coming from a place of maybe recognizing that I I don't see abortion as any more of a religious issue than any other religious issue is. But then again, I am sympathetic to the view that when you lose faith in God and you no longer believe in God, you will eventually stop seeing human life as sacred at some point down the line.
2: I think there are a lot of people that have fallen down that. I don't know if I necessarily agree, though. I've yeah, gone down but the maybe whole not you
0: as an individual, life, but I think once a society loses it, it just. I've gone in that down direction. the whole
1: life is sacred path, like mm-hmm. Jainism. It's extreme, like not stepping on grass because you don't want to destroy it. Not killing a butter. Not killing the bugs on your arm. Like, that's a, that's extreme. It is extreme. Yeah. and I think, I think a lot of times the the extreme religious thing, don't kill a baby ever in the womb, is also. I don't. I of, just I don't disagree that kind of kind of that's religious
2: necessarily. That. Yeah, it's that, extreme. Yeah, you know, I uh, I I actually don't like killing bugs. With an exception for flies, because I'm just biased. I'm I'm insectist. Don't like flies. We have a bug yeah. assault. Gun. Like yeah, we, we have the bug assault thing where you—it's like a shotgun. You it sprays salt. That thing is cool. But I saw that. So I'm just
1: a deformed baby that can't. They can't open its eyes or speak, or just where like, do you draw the line? Well, cause an and also,
0: these are the hard cases because oftentimes when people, let me ask you, if that is not the case, are you only for abortion in that case? Like, why is this special argument being no, made? No, no, okay. I, I
1: just, I'm kind of similar. I would never want the government to force a woman into a position of burden.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, I just, it's, it's I, that. I don't, I don't view it that way. I view it as telling someone you must provide your body and
1: blood to another person yeah, it's not anyone else's job for a woman if she needs to get I, I, that's just how i feel it's like
0: yeah i mean i totally disagree but i think we've reached an intersection where yeah. we kind of hit the yeah and right yeah. With, that, with that, that said, with that yeah, said, I, I mean, uh, obviously yeah
2: so uh we we've we've gone over and the reason I was trying to keep it short is because we're running out of disk space so i yeah. but I think we have probably oh. crashed that anyway. So uh Dude, thanks for hanging out time. everybody. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll we just download it from the web it's got like a resolution issue. But uh thanks for hanging out. You can follow me on uh Twitter, Instagram, Parlor of course at Timcast. Seamus at Seamus underscore Coughlin on
0: Twitter. That's where you can find me
2: to to yell at me. For
0: Seamus, my Seamus it's underscore it's, Coughlin it's spelled Seamus underscore Coughlin or I make cartoons on a channel called Freedom Tunes. If you want to check that, that out and that's T-O-O-N-S not T-U-N-E-S.
1: And Ian. Oh, Ian Crossland. Boom. That's my name. You find me everywhere. Twitter. Oh,
4: and me. You have to use Oh, wait. I have a mic. I have to pick up my mic now. I'm sorry. It's throwing me for a loop. Sour Patch Litz on Twitter. L-Y-D-S. Sour Patch L-Y-D-S.
2: and yes, correct. And uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow at 8 p.m. live to have more fun discussions about stuff and whatever. And we'll have clips out throughout the day. So uh, I don't know if there's anything that you guys wanted to share. Yeah, I no, barely got
0: great. to
1: express my view on abortion. Point. Sorry it came out so <laughs> brutal like that. No, no. Kill all much all more nuanced <laughs> feelings about yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, obviously that, that's a discussion which it can be really difficult to have in a way where you don't like, say something that you later realize you could have put in a better way or it's something tough. like that. But, yeah, this, but,
2: is, no, this is one of the few issues where there's no fence it is a it is a sharp yes. spire where you fall on one side or the yes. other and it's really difficult to try and find that position where it's like oh man it's tough I it's disagree. tough it's a it's a freedom issue it's tough oh, well we're, 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 yeah. thanks for hanging out everybody <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out and uh we'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m live uh we'll see you then thanks for bringing me
0: back on man oh, yeah I love you